Welcome everyone. Uh, we've got a special guest today. He's returned from the grave. Uh, zombie. <laughs> he's a zombie. Yeah, he might be a zombie. It might be an eldritch horror. Uh, <laughs> Jeff the Brown is here. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he talks now. The story is gonna take forever to read. <laughs> Jeff's been sick for like five weeks. I want to say it's, five weeks. It's not been five weeks. It, it has like been almost three weeks. Three and a half. Yeah, it yeah. Felt like five weeks because he never shuts <laughs> the fuck up about it. No, I've joking. been sick for five weeks. I almost died. Yeah, there's yeah. This, there's this new fun thing happening with this podcast where everybody's nice to me until we're recording, and then everything they've been wanting to say for weeks comes out. <laughs> It's therapy. Oh, man. Uh, everyone, welcome to Bros Before Pros podcast. Uh, a podcast, a fiction podcast that has two prompts, three stories, and infinite laughs. I'm one of your hosts, Rich Masters. With me, as always, is Josh Henderson. Uh, did you say that because Jeff wasn't here for M-Class? I thought, what you're imp- I thought he I've might have died. every episode of Bros Before Pros. <laughs> That's true, yes. Well, I, uh, way, yeah. Hi, I'm Josh. The reason I introduced you first is because just in case Jeff died in between the first and the third <laughs> sentence. It'd be easier to cut that you out. You should get out to me first then so I can say hello. <laughs> but then we would have had a continuity error where you would have said hello and then There's died. There's going to be a continuity been... error in your life if you don't move on. <laughs> Damn! Get fucking Jeff wrecked. Pennington is also here. Thank you for the lovely intro. <laughs> Welcome back, buddy. Although you never missed one, so it's not really no. a welcome back. It's, well, I feel like funny. I haven't talked to you in, like, a month. Because yeah. I haven't. Because yeah. you've been sick. We've we've <laughs> been, like, messaging every now and then, but mm-hmm. uh, nobody checked up on me, which is fun. Well, uh, I don't know about you, but when I'm sick, is... I do not like when people talk to me. I'm also, like, do not talk bullshit. <laughs> yeah, Rich did check up on me. <laughs> oh, great. Now you're going to throw me under yeah. the damn bus. <laughs> You called We're, him a sick fuck about 50 times. Yeah, that made me feel <laughs> better. That's how I deal with it. my trauma. I call yeah. people sick fucks. Yeah. It's all could bubble into the surface on this episode of Maury. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's the daddy of plague. <laughs> I've, uh, plague daddy. We still don't know what's wrong with me, everybody. Please clap. Mm, <laughs> Please clap. <laughs> It's the blood moon. (laughs) Oh god, it is. It's the blood moon. Um, So in this, our first episode of 2023, uh, we are doing stories based on politicians and ziggurats. You definitely did sort of that. Uh, uh, I got it right. Up yours. Um, (laughs) uh, Jeff's going to go first again, just in case he dies during recording. Did I go first Um, last time? I don't know. No. New year, no, new you year rules, last. man. <laughs> I went first. Actually, I think this works out. Oh, this does work well, out. In then. your yeah. face, Rich, you fucking bastard. What <laughs> about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Jeff, take it away. Well, now that I'm closer than ever to the grave, this should be a really spooky one. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> I've made it this far without coughing. I'm actually pretty proud of myself. I'm yeah, you got a we've lozenge. Been, we've been talking uh, for like 40 minutes and you haven't coughed once. Dare I, I say faking it? I several times. 
<laughs> you hit mute? Yeah. Seamless. I've, I've muted several times to cough. But anyway. I couldn't even tell. The title of my story is Beneath Third Avenue. Ooh. The sun burned high and steady in the air. Oh my god, it started. <laughs> oh, there it is. The sun burned high and steady in the air above the campus of Marshall University, nestled deep oh. in the heart of Huntington, West Virginia. The busy students moved to and fro on their way to classes or lectures, literally bleeding money out of every pore like a gaping <laughs> wound. Money that would be siphoned down invisibly into the school itself, like a tick on the ass of a dog hopeful one day of earning itself a meal. Fucking incredibly depressing. But somehow this wasn't the horror part of the story yet. <laughs> One of those students was studious, manic, obsessive Myrtle Smelly. <laughs> Myrtle Smelly. Yes, that is her actual name. It's not a joke. Fuck you if you laughed at that, Josh and Rich. <laughs> oh, Myrtle. Oh, my God. Cooled out. Forgive me. Myrtle was rushing a little faster than the crowds around her, ducking and diving around people as she headed down to 3rd Avenue and waited for the light to change so that she could cross to the Weisberg Engineering Building across the street. Side note, that building is actually named after a guy who founded the copper company I used to work at. Oh, I never met him personally because he was dead as fuck by the time I started to work there, but his son was the head honcho, well into his 50s at that point. The funniest thing about this Weisberg Jr. is that he looked exactly like the portrait of his dad he kept in his office. It was fucking uncanny. I made one joke once during a lunch that the older Weisberg must have just faked his death to carry on yes. as the new one, and everyone got really quiet. One of the oh. women at the table shamed me for making fun of the dead, and everyone agreed. And I was straight oh, up wow. fucking incredulous that I was living this moment. <laughs> they, dude, you were onto it. They knew. Yeah. They you been, knew. They'd been hushed. After yeah. that long, boring, and ultimately pointless story, you must figure the light had changed, and Myrtle could cross the street by now, right? <laughs> fucking wrong, baby. Welcome to Huntington. <laughs> What's going on with your lights? You don't have buttons? Eventually, those are called the nutting buttons, because they don't do nutting. Placebo buttons, that's what we call them. Eventually, she gave up and froggered her way across, (laughs) dipping, ducking, and diving like the best dodgeballer around at the last moment to avoid a giant truck pancaking her before she got to the sidewalk. Not that every single fucking vehicle on the road in Huntington isn't a giant truck, but I digress. (laughs) Damn. She took the steps two by two, her crocs clacking with a plastic hollowness off the linoleum. And once she made it to the third floor, she took off at a full sprint. It would have been impressive, the speed a tiny nerd like her could get to, if she didn't instantly slam into a man carrying a gigantic box of papers, who flipped over her shoulders like a fucking judo tournament and went sailing (laughs) down the stairs behind her, paper flying into the air like a bomb had gone off. And his That's voice manslaughter. crying out with every strike into a step he hit. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, shit, duh, god damn it, I still have to pay student loans? <laughs> fuck, shit, <laughs> shit. Not if you sue the school. Mm. A distant thud ended the symphony of pain that filled the empty late afternoon halls. Is he dead? Meanwhile, Myrtle hadn't even slowed down enough to notice. <clears throat> what the fuck? Tucking, rolling under the larger man as he tripped over her and keeping on, keeping on. 
<laughs> she was going to be late for her first day of work as a teacher's assistant if she slowed down for even a second. That could go on your permanent record. And she Aww. believed in a thing more fervently than any god or demon. For now, <laughs> Thundercrack oh. SFX. <laughs> uh, thank you. That's all right. That was great. She turned the final British thunder sound. <laughs> yeah, we're very polite. There was a lot of punctuation in there. She turned the final corner and skidded to a stop like Sonic the Hedgehog, hands on the ground in a full three-point landing pose and everything. An old wooden door stretched up above her diminutive height, black letters across the gold plate next to it reading Kayla S. Hunter, Engineering and Development Department. Clear as day. Oh, boy, Myrtle squealed out, performing what can only be described as a SEAL Team 6 tactical entry (laughs) kick on the door. Jesus. Sending it flying open and slamming against the door stopper behind it. Myrtle rushed forward and was met with the door rattling back fast and hard into her forehead, sending her sprawling (laughs) out onto the cold, hard ground. Klutz. A loud yelp was the only sound she could muster. What the fuck is going on out here? Kayla Hunter poked her head from out from the door into the hallway, pissed as a motherfucker for someone kicking her goddamn door open. Right, she was trying, professors can curse. While she was trying to finish the paperwork on this new stupid intern they were saddling her with or whatever the hell she nice. was. Mm. Ironically, she realized after a moment that the mangled fallen body in the hall in front of her was the intern. She sighed. <laughs> <laughs> Miraculously, Myrtle leapt up to her feet like a cartoon missing frames from floor to standing in an instant, her hand out for a shake. <laughs> Sorry if I'm late. My name is Myrtle Smelly, and I'm your new teaching assistant. I rushed here as fast as I could because I'm always reliable, responsible, and a renegade. She posed with her fingers <laughs> pointed like guns. What the fuck? <laughs> Kayla looked back into the office at the clock hung high on the wall next to her the I Believe poster from the X-Files. She had hung completely <laughs> unironically because you fucking know why at this point. <laughs> she looked back out the door with anger on her face. You're two hours early! Wait, Damn. smelly? Myrtle slammed her hand into her forehead in an extreme salute, the force rattling the huge glasses on her face, and she stood stock straight with her jaw jutted forward. I'm always ready for duty! I love Myrtle Smelly. Piss off. Come back at four. Kayla slammed the door shut hard. The wind sending Myrtle's wild curly hair spiraling out of control around her face. She tilted her head in confusion for a moment, and then scratched it in deep thought. What had she done wrong? (laughs) I don't get paid enough for this, Kayla murmured to herself as she walked back over to her desk and plopped down into the old worn leather chair she bought herself to furnish it. The rolling office chair always felt like it wasn't fitting for a professor slash adventurer. Would Indiana Jones (laughs) sit his ass down in a roly-poly seat from Ikea? (laughs) What? 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 Woody? That's a good question. <laughs> he does live in that office, like, that fucking, like, warehouse office that he has. Yeah, I never saw a chair in there, though. He sits in one, but it's more like a sad 40s chair. That, mm. that just wasn't up to the task of his ass, in her opinion. 
<laughs> she leaned back into the chair and turned the small TV on top of an adjacent filing cabinet back on. The episode of Mama's Family, where she heckles a stand-up comic and then has to do her own comedy routine, was on. Oh and that was one God. of Kayla's favorites. Oh, my God. She wasn't going to miss it for an overachiever with an overbite. <laughs> By this time, Myrtle had figured out the problem. She just hadn't been assertive enough. Oh, my God. She drew back and field goal kicked the door open again, <laughs> this time sending the metal fillings around the latch to fly off in every direction. The door listed slightly to its side and dragged on its carpet to a stop. I'm ready to work for you! <laughs> oh, my Jesus. God. Uncle, get out of life. What? <laughs> <laughs> What the flying fuck are you doing? Kayla screamed. But then she stopped. This kid was weird, but in a useful way, maybe? That oh. was one hell of a kick. <laughs> wait, wait. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. You're here for the teacher's assistant position starting today. I got it. I just haven't finished the paperwork yet. Myrtle deflated like a balloon filled with not enough air. Her gigantic, <laughs> beaming, toothy smile dropping off her face like a wet noodle. This might be the least realistic character I've ever written, and I created Frankenstein P.I. <laughs> she drug her feet behind her into the room and slowly pushed the door back shut behind her, the edge dragging hard and loud against the carpet before it finally shut. <laughs> but, but, but I need the credits so bad. <laughs> Whoa, Jesus, stop, stop. You're still hired. You're still going to get the credits. <laughs> Kayla's reassurance called Mer caused Myrtle to snap back to normal instantaneously. Again, like there were animation frames missing in between. Kayla actually <laughs> jumped at this. Uh, look, uh, I got an errand to run. I was going to have it done and be back before you came this evening, but uh, again, you're two hours early, so I never got the chance. You can come with me to Morrow Library, though. I think you might actually be helpful. Oh, yeah! Are they yeah. going to go into the tunnels? <laughs> she yelled out, <laughs> spinning her arm around in a wild air guitar celebration that went on <laughs> way too long. I'm talking like a full minute of her going like, wee wee wah wee wee wah <laughs> while Kayla just sat there, staring blankly, and then eventually rubbing at the bridge of her nose. <laughs> Love this character. What are we looking for? Myrtle finally asked. Some cool old book about buildings? Or building buildings? Or building on building buildings to learn about building buildings? <laughs> oh my god. Jeff took a moment to actively regret writing this character into his story. <laughs> and think about whether or not to switch them out at this point. It's only page three. That's doable, right? <laughs> oh my god. Kayla slid her leather bomber jacket back on and picked up her silver cane from the umbrella holder near the door. We're looking for a hole. For the first time since she was created, Myrtle looked both worried and just a little curious about what kind of hole we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. A few minutes later, Kayla and Myrtle stood in front of the security guard at the ancient-looking entrance to the underground Morrow Library stacks. The student security was reading a book called A Modest Proposal as he ate a sandwich voraciously when they arrived. But do, you guys didn't get that one, huh? A Modest a Proposal? A Modest Proposal? I never read it. It's a book about eating babies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? 
Did he, you write it? <laughs> That's what's gave look, him the illness. Look, those yeah. little fuckers have had it good for too long. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Nothing makes a joke funnier than stopping to explain it as well. I definitely was good for doing that. It was just too smart of a joke. Was, we're just yeah, rich we're and idiots. Yeah. He, uh, it's, it's not, it's a, it's a satire. It's not really about eating babies. Um, <laughs> but he dutifully looked over their IDs as he passed them over to him. Uh, you're good to go, Professor Hunter. Your weird hobbit companion can't use a book at club card as an ID here, though. Fucking club card? Where'd you get that? She is entitled to a single small personal pan pizza at any participating pizza hut, though, it looks like. <laughs> Kayla placed her hand on her forehead and scraped it down her face in frustration. Give the man your student ID card, Myrtle. <laughs> okay, okay. But it's a really bad picture. Michelangelo looks way better on my book it card, and we're both party dudes, she muttered under her breath. Yo, I would party with Myrtle. Digging in her backpack for a short while before returning with her actual ID and passing it over. The security guard remotely unlocked the old wooden doors to the stacks and Kayla pushed onwards, disappearing behind them along with her new extremely annoying charge. You know the drill about Morrow by now. Round and round they went through dimly lit stucco-surrounded hallways of bookshelves, covered every inch by old books, documents, tomes, and more, lost to time, save the students looking through them. Kayla had made this trip every other day since last year when that scumbag Pavlov Flinch and she had been some had been somewhere they shouldn't have been deep down here. While being That's how I feel about all libraries. I shouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> While being chased by an eldritch abomination beyond human comprehension would probably rank highest in the memory of anyone involved in that day. The one thing that had stuck with Kayla above everything else was what they had stumbled onto by complete accident while running for their lives. Hmm. A gigantic, yawning maw of a hole in the foundation of the stacks, a good hmm. half mile below the surface. That's really fucking far. <laughs> but every time she had retraced her steps before, she was unable to find the hole again. There were times when she, she was so sure she was in the right place that she would stake her life on it. But the hole's place was just another. But in the hole's place was just another wall with a row of books against it. Normal, boring journals about local wildlife too. Not a trace of anything out of the ordinary. Coal squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That's the thing you guys had there. But this time felt different. As Kayla followed the path before by herself, she had felt lost and unsure of where she was going. But this time, every step felt correct, perfectly in place. And on a more esoteric level, every time she had come here before, there had been the uneasy feeling that she was being watched, maybe even followed. But this time, it never hit her. Maybe bringing this newly minted teacher's assistant with her wasn't such a bad idea after all. It was working out so far. <laughs> There was a moment where Kayla couldn't remember where she was supposed to turn or what aisle she was supposed to walk down. And then everything started spinning around her for just a solitary second. And then there they were. From floor to ceiling in front of them, in the back corner of the floor, tucked away, was a gigantic black open cavernous hole 
the wind softly whistling out of it past them. There it is. <laughs> it's been here the whole time. <laughs> Kayla took a step back, confusing confusion welling up inside of her chest, the unease gripping at her very heart at how she got there. She wasn't even on the right floor before, was she? She remembered at least another 20 minutes of movement before they got here. Probably way more since they were running last time. How in the holy fuck was she here now? What had just happened to her? Do I go to you to get my parking pass validated this semester? Or, uh... <laughs> Myrtle was leaned directly into her ear, causing her to jump suddenly from the silence break. Throw that what? down the uh, hole. Fucking, I don't know. No, I don't think so. Uh, aren't you wondering what the fuck this big hole is? You said you we were looking for a hole, so I'm not super surprised. <laughs> my God. Well, we found it. Now we can go get my parking pass validated and I can start teaching. <laughs> oh, my God. She started to air guitar again, but Kayla grabbed her wrist instantly to stop her. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how any of this works. Now calm down, because we're going in there. It could be dangerous, so keep that same energy up for kicking. <laughs> uh, what? Myrtle's attitude changed a little as she took a step away from the hole. This isn't in my contract. Am I getting time and a half for this? Is my insurance going to cover any spelunking injuries? <laughs> Just insurance? Time and a... You're an intern. You don't get paid. You get credits for graduation. <laughs> I want credits and a half. Myrtle smiled widely, <laughs> oh shaking her head smugly for effect. <laughs> Stay here then. Save me from yourself. Kayla waved her <laughs> off, reaching into her jacket and retrieving a flashlight from within. She flicked it on and pointed it into the massive hole in the wall. But even with its million lumen candle number, she couldn't see to the back of it. <laughs> Unnerving as that was... She held a very special silver cane in her other hand, so she was at least somewhat at ease with the decision she made next, walking directly into it. <laughs> Eventually, Myrtle ran after, her crocs not getting the best purchase on the stone floor <laughs> of the cavern, but she did okay. You can't fire me, though. I really need the credits to graduate in the spring. I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> Kayla looked back at her, eyebrow raised. Doctor of what? <laughs> Engineering, Myrtle said plainly. Kayla faced eyes forwards again, silently mouthing the word damn, then pushed on. <laughs> <laughs> the cavern seemed to continue on for so long that Kayla lost track of time completely. Could have been a half an hour, could have been multiple hours, but they walked for a very, very long time. Myrtle kept trying to explain to Kayla that having a bucket card in 2023 was actually a great idea. <laughs> because, because pizza points never depreciate in value. <laughs> NFT scam. And when the market finally collapses on Bitcoin, then investors are going to come running. I knew it. Myrtle's a fucking genius. For her part, Kayla didn't listen to a single word of it. She had gotten all the pizza points she ever needed back in the 90s, when a personal pan pizza was as good as gold. Yeah. <laughs> then, suddenly, there was a light in the far distance. A murky blue light that pulsed just slightly, like a flickering flame. 
The two unlikely traveling companions exchanged glances and then took off at a jog, both of them thankful the oppressive darkness would finally be behind them in a moment. As she got closer, Kayla began to feel a pit develop in her stomach. That light belonged to someone or something intelligent enough to make it. The light was blinding for a moment as they came out the other side of the cavern into the iridescent blue at its end. Kayla covered her eyes for just a moment before they adjusted enough to look ahead. Oh my gourd! Myrtle yelled first. <laughs> and as Kayla looked at what she beheld, she couldn't help but agree. Sprawled out in front of them was a mass of rising, smooth stone buildings, carved what? so perfectly symmetrically to be beyond the realm of human hands. Rising five, ten, twenty stories into the air under the canopy of stone above them. Jagged and rough-hewn with stalactites, some of which hung down and met the top of the buildings. What? A cityscape stretched out before them, beneath the earth above them, unlike any either of them had ever seen. Far beyond where their eyes could see, it still didn't terminate, continuing on and on. Hmm. The rising forms like buildings were pockmarked with square and round dark windows and spiraling markings in purples and cyans that read like no language ever seen before. They stood transfixed in the light until the dawning realization flooded over Kayla, her eyes darting around frantically through the city streets below them to the high ceiling a mile above. Nowhere. The light that hit every square inch of this endless, unspeakably ancient city. It was coming from absolutely nowhere. It's like a video game. It <laughs> clung in the air like a miasma, brighter in some spots and dimmer in others, but never dark, no matter where she looked. The wind down here was strong as well, and again, coming from seemingly nowhere. Her hair jacket and pants legs fluttered and flapped in the breeze, and she had to hold onto the edge of the cave opening to steady herself. They were at the top of a gigantic spiraling set of stone stairs that led down and away from them, all the way up to a monolithic set of gates wrought of stone. And they what? stood ajar? What could open something so massive? Down there. My dick. Oh, man. <laughs> how did you know where this was going? Josh holds the key. Josh's dick. <laughs> Down there. Look there. Kayla called out over the rising wind, pointing to the center of this, uh, of this side of the city, to where all the roads below converged. An incredibly massive structure that would take up multiple city blocks was placed at the epicenter. A ziggurat of perfectly geometric stone, glowing a faint blue as if from inside of the makeup of itself. The form rose up so high that even from the top of the stairs above the city, the top wasn't visible to them. And would it not have been surrounded by such ghastly blue light from nowhere, it would have shadowed the entirety of the city below it. At each corner that was visible to them, a statue stood and the realization barely ebbed into her mind before she felt the chill in her blood. Each one of them was the same elongated, golden-touched form of the dead body she had found in the tent during the Blood Moon hmm. ritual with Pat Flinch. 
She opened her mouth to express something, anything, to get this thought out of her mind as she desperately wanted to, but it was interrupted too quickly by a stone slamming into the back of her head, sending her to the ground with a single stroke and denying her the consciousness to continue. I think you've looked enough, Myrtle Mm -hmm. sneered, dropping the blighting rock off the side of the staircase. Well, why did you let her make it here? A man's voice brought Kayla back to consciousness. Her head swirled, and the echoing words took a long time to finally escape her mind. (laughs) She rolled over slightly, opening her bleary eyes and waiting for them to adjust to the murky blue light that surrounded her still. You said I was meant to bring a sacrifice, so I brought a sacrifice. Oh, no. She recognized this one. It wasn't as cartoonish or loud, but it was most assuredly Myrtle Smelly. (laughs) At this point, she was hoping that was an alias because it sucked dick as a villain's name. (laughs) You brought a member of the Silverblood Society, you moron! Don't you understand that they're the ones who stopped the Blood Moon ritual last time? The man's voice erupted furiously. There was something incredibly familiar about it. Her eyes Colonel were... Sanders. It's uh, Benoit <laughs> Blanc. No. Foucault Leco. Her, uh... Yeah, it's <laughs> Her eyes were adjusted by this point, but all she could make out that th- was that there was a man in a suit with gray hair standing with his back to her, and Myrtle was standing in front of him, talking up at him. By this point, Kayla also realized she wasn't tied up with anything. After years of doing shit like this, she'd gotten really good at waking up faster than could be anticipated. But it felt really stupid not to tie her up first. (laughs) Silverblood Society? She ain't no freak like them. She's just a lady, Myrtle snapped back, aggravation (laughs) in her voice. The man held up a hand, and she backed off, losing the fire in her eyes immediately. Remember your place. Remember who you are speaking to. Uh, Sorry, Lord Billiams, Myrtle said demurely, (laughs) her hands clasping behind her back and head bowing. Billiams? Wait. The build, the gray hair, the voice. Kayla thought to herself, feeling her strength returning to her. More importantly, she finally realized where she was. On top of one of the high towers of the ziggurat she had seen from afar earlier, which was barely large enough for them to be standing on together. She has this, you fool! The man held up Kayla's cane and gripped onto the hilt of it, yanking the silver blade slightly from inside of it. The shining blade in the blue haze, beautiful. This is a silver blood society weapon. They don't leave these laying around for anybody to find. (laughs) Ironically, Kayla had gotten hers because a guy she suspected of being in the silver blood society had left it on the table at a restaurant when he went to go take a shit. And she nicked it for study. It certainly came in handy the next time a cricket man showed up. I'll tell you that for free. Cricket man! Anyway. Kayla shot up from the ground and snatched the cane and blade from the man's hand, spinning around and latching her arm around Myrtle's throat tightly. She yanked her small form up from the ground and held the small showing portion of the cane sword that was unsheathed up to her neck. Stop right there! The man smiled at her, and her suspicions suspicions were completely proven. Standing there in front of her, in an underground city below the surface of Huntington, West Virginia, was its three-term mayor-elect, John T. Billiams. 
<laughs> she almost dropped the sword, but maintained a grip on it at the last moment. But she couldn't stop her jaw from dropping. You? Well, that's unfortunate, Billiam sighed. <laughs> <laughs> sliding his hands into his coat pockets and rocking back on his heels. Hold it! Hands where I can see him or the loud geek gets it, Kayla screamed. <laughs> nice. Backing up one step and feeling the edge of the tower top with her heel. Billiam shrugged his shoulders. Yeah, you'd honestly be doing me a favor. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Myrtle squealed out, leaning forward in anger. But feeling the blade push into her neck, she slid back into the hold. Don't take it so personally, Mud. We need a human sacrifice here, and uh, you're as good a sacrifice as any. Besides, Damn. this lady isn't going to be leaving eggs and shalift anytime soon, is she, boys? <gasps> From behind Billiams, multiple sets of elongated fingers slithered over the edge <gasps> of the stone dais they were standing <laughs> upon. Tall, sloped, pointed red hoods raised over the edge next. Deeply inset darkness underneath them, save for dozens of small, yellow, glowing eyes that seeped a strange yellow incandescent goo under the stone tower top. The unmistakable robes of the acolyte of the third birth fluttered, tattered, and stained from the shoulders of massive, dark beasts who jutted multiple small arms from their shoulders and backs like spines on a porcupine. Hmm. Terror welled in Kayla's chest beyond her control, and she desperately looked for any way to escape. Behind her was nothing but a straight fall down onto another stone level of the ziggurat. Deadly. But just to the side of Billiams, she saw a hatch in the tower roof. With all of her might, she flung Myrtle into Billiams, sending both of them careening backwards into the un oncoming deformed beasts, <laughs> all of them intertwining and struggling not to fall back over the other edge. Kayla took her chance, diving onto the roof and yanking the hatch open. By the time she ducked into it and onto the ladder and was yanking it closed behind her, a massive recurved claw jammed into the crack <laughs> in its edge and slashed across her face, barely <clears throat> grazing her, but shocking her enough to send her falling off the ladder beneath the hatch. Bam! Her back hit the hard stone at the bottom, and her sword cane went clattering across the floor away from her. <clears throat> Everything around her was stone and hazy blue, but the siren call of the horrors above her filled up her senses far more than her surroundings ever could. She struggled to her knees and clattered across the floor to her sword, grabbing it just as the hatch above the ladder was ripped off its hinges and thrown away into the distance. Scrambling to her feet, she unsheathed her sword and held it straight up into the air as one of the massive beasts fell down directly on top of her, the blade piercing it from front to back and scorching it inside and out with the silver tinge of its make. Yeah. The beast screamed an ear-splitting inhuman dissonance and flailed its arms around from the searing pain of the blade. But the heft of its body overtook Kayla immediately, pinning her to the ground underneath it. Ah! Kayla screamed out, being crushed under the weight. But jagged, clawed hands grabbed the body on top and wrenched it away, freeing her. The second beast was her momentary savior, who threw the first away like its comrade meant absolutely nothing to them. They were cousins! The body bouncing <laughs> off the stone wall and laying limp and dead. 
Kayla had a moment of relief to see the doorless exit at the end of the stone ziggurat, next to where the beast had landed before its kin swiped its gigantic hand at her, sending sparks flying from skidding against the floor. With all the force left in her at the moment, she pressed her boots to the ground and pushed off, doing a weak, awkward somersault directly between the massive beast's swinging claw and his body. She landed crouched on the other side, unsteady. From there, she ran and she ran hard. Passing the first down beast, she left both hands onto the blade of her cane sword and yanked it from inside of its guts, sending a <laughs> torrent of blue-tinged blood pouring out of it. She looked back at the sheath sitting on the floor in the distance, oozing the green purification slime from within it. But the many-eyed second beast stepped between her and it, screeching its virulent scream and charged after. Into the street she ran, laying face down against the stone ground, and a, widen a widening puddle of blood was myrtle, body twisted and broken. <laughs> she must have fallen off in the scuffle. Kayla didn't even pause, continuing to run. <laughs> Across the road she ran, down the alley she ran, up the street she ran, on and on and on, and the thing kept coming, matching her every move. There was no way to tell whether she was going further into this nightmarish underground city or getting closer to those massive stone gates that lead to the cavern out, but she pushed on blindly anyway. But the beast was larger and did not tire as a human tires. Eventually it was upon her, and grasped her around the waist with one of its truck-sized clawed hands, wrenching her up from the ground in front of its hooded and cloaked face and letting out another piercing shriek. Kayla screamed as well, her hand, the hand around her tightening and crushing her midsection. Blood erupted from her mouth, muffling the scream, and the beast let out not an inhuman scream this time but a very human sound indeed. A hateful cackle from deep within its lungs. Damn. But in that moment, Kayla finally freed her sword arm and drove its blade deep into the center boiling yellow eye of the thing. The cackle was gone, the painful shriek returned, and the beast fell backwards against one of the stone buildings, its weight causing the small structure to completely collapse on top of it, the stones creating an avalanche that threatened to overtake Kayla as well. She turned to run on her heel, but the stones still enveloped her, and bashed into her head, back, legs, and midsection, sending her sprawling against the ground, all wind knocked out of her. With shaking hands, she pushed against the fallen stones that had pinned her legs, but they wouldn't move. She lay back against the cold, wet ground there for a moment, trying to figure out her next move, battered and bloody as she was, and without her sword now, too, as it had been lost beneath the stones and beast. She looked upside down, down the distance of the street she had laid on. There it was, tall and grand, majestic, and inhumanly structured as ever, the stone gate that had led into this labyrinthine hell to begin with. But the gate, once ajar and open, though too large for any human to have done so, was now sealed tightly shut. Uh-oh. <laughs> Kayla lay her head back down and sat silently for a moment. In the distance came one, two, five, ten, dozens of rising cacophonous shrieks in the hazy blue undernight. 
Beasts come hunting fresh blood. To be continued. No! Hey kids, if you want Kayless Hunter to live to see another adventure, ask your parents for permission to call 1-900-Kayla-Lives to vote for our hero to survive. On the other hand, if you're a sick little shit and you want Kayless Hunter to get murdered by the Monster Mash, ask your warden's permission to call 1-900-Kill-Kayla today. Votes will be tallied, and then I'll write whatever the fuck I want anyway. $12 per minute surcharge. I hope the blue M&M wins. <laughs> Kill Jason that Todd. A- Rest in peace, Jason Todd. <laughs> that was so good. Thank you. You wrote that when you were sick. Yeah, I wrote I that say, when I was sick. You told us you'd not written a good story. That was it's amazing. Not, it's not that funny, but no, it's, it's got a lot post, of action. Post, we wrote this these stories over the Christmas period. None of them are going to be funny. <laughs> Yeah, we were so cranky. All three of us were just buttholes, dude. We were just constantly bitching at each other in the DM. Yeah. We were like, man, Christmas fucking sucks. And then you'd be like, I hate Christmas more than you. I'm a double Grinch. <laughs> a dinch, baby. Uh, when- I- ironically, this probably won't be continued in the next door. <laughs> No, Damn, no, 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 no. I'm going to need rules... some specific prompts for this. Yeah, I do that too. The rules of to be continued are not conducive to prompts. Yeah, no, so, yeah, they're not. You know, um, when I I thought if he's going to go in the hole, they're going to find another city, aren't they? And I didn't say anything. Yeah, it's because the, it's, uh, spoiler alert: it's the same city. Okay, right. It's, yeah, yeah. Because she didn't see the first one, did she? No, she didn't. No. Only flinched it was it. Pavlov. You saw the fir- saw the first one. I thought Myrtle was Pavlov's long lost daughter. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so good. Nobody would have sex like, with Flinch. <laughs> I mean, no. Maybe but, he donated his. Yeah, he's a, he donated it for twenty dollars or something like yeah. that. <laughs> he needed he needed twenty bucks. He needed to like, bus money. Look, he had to pay a blockbuster. Be maybe true. We don't know. <laughs> okay, okay. You wrote your own head cannon. She is dead, though, so that would be a difficult... I king. did like Myrtle. I, I think I like Myrtle. She's like uh, creepier Velma. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. Like, I was yeah. going off of... Um, there used to be this cartoon on Cartoon Network called The Mighty Bee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About like a little girl who was very much like this, except more likable, uh, who was like <laughs> a Girl Scout, and she was trying mm-hmm. to get all the badges. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But now she's dead. Not the not the character from Cartoon Network, but Myrtle. <laughs> Myrtle Smelly. Man. <laughs> I hardly knew you, Myrtle. I'm gonna get a pinup of Myrtle on my other arm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Myrtle was college age. She's actually gonna graduate <laughs> next semester, or so she said. I don't know. Well she was no anymore. I mean, yeah. yeah. Was she getting college credit from Billiams? Here's uh, maybe you get double time and a half college credit. <laughs> time and double and a half credit. Yeah. Um, you readers with keen eyes may notice a problem that Kayla S. Hunter will be facing if she does get out of this predicament. Uh, the mayor's I, bureaucracy. Well, there is that, but uh, I think I, did, I didn't describe it in this story, but I did in the last one where they went in Morrow Library, and they do this in real life too. They mm-hmm. take your ID to know yeah. who's down there. Mm. Uh, so now Myrtle's dead. <laughs> so how are they gonna? How's she gonna explain uh, that? Oh, oh, she's still down there. Anyway, bye. 
Wait until we get I, the prompts courtroom and uh, unsolved yeah. murder. And child murder. <laughs> I'm waiting for those prompts for the beat to be continued. Dude, uh, what I learned is Jeff hates libraries. Mm-hmm. I love libraries. I, uh, I love eldritch horrors. Were you freaked out by this library when you went in? Sounds like yeah, it. Everyone is. I don't know anybody who was ever who ever felt comfortable in that place. Is it is it haunted? Do people say yeah, it's haunted? People do say yeah. it's haunted. I figured. All libraries are slightly scary, right? They're great. Yeah. Like, they're, like there's something about the accumulation of all that um, old knowledge that just feels slightly terrifying. I'm always well, scared people of the say libra- books are alive, right? Mm-hmm. And I think That's it's true. like. They feel that that life of the whatever that is that our human soul touches when we read a book. You know, I'm just scared the librarian's gonna tell me to shush. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just scared the librarian isn't sexy hot with a shorty skirt and super hot glasses. I fucking knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> the moment you went, I, I was like, he's gonna say I'm scared of the librarian being hot. <laughs> yeah, maybe she'll give me a spanking if I'm loud. <laughs> There's um. <laughs> Can we get that in a prompt? Sexy librarians and spankings. Don't ask for prompts. They'll fucking, they'll do it. Uh, there are so yeah. many dumb little hints to shit in my stories that I don't think anybody is picking up because the story goes by so fast. Mm-hmm. But your descriptions are so good, it's hard to. It makes it hard to pick up on that stuff, and that's not bad. I think that's like the art. That's like your mm-hmm. like, that's like your fucking style, man. Like uh, also it's crazy. Imagine good. when uh, when people who kickstart the book at the end of the year get it and they will read all of these little nods and they'll be yeah. like, "Oh my god, I know the story. I know what's coming." That's it's different true. to listen to it than to read it. Yeah. yeah. If you want to read these stories now, I literally last night just uploaded episode three story that I wrote, which. Uh, tends to be a lot of people's favorites. A leg up for Christmas. Mm-hmm. My Hallmark oh, the, Channel story. The Hallmark Channel one. Uh, what was the prompts yeah. for that one? Christmas and <laughs> creepy guys. Yeah. Um, oh my god. I, I can find religion. out why you guys feel. Was it? It was religions was it, and. No, was it? It wasn't possession. Was yeah. it frogs and possession? Episode three. It was not frogs. Uh, chainsaws and amputation. Chainsaws and amputation. Of course, it was. Yeah. I, I made my Hallmark Channel story because I thought it would be a really fun challenge to make mm. a Hallmark story where that happens. <laughs> I remember that because you were all like, I've not written a horror this this week. And we were like, get yeah. out of here. Yeah, we didn't buy it. You guys Kidder. believed me. <laughs> you fools. I never believe you. Fools. You. <laughs> you foolish fools. Should we... Well, I'm, uh, glad this, I'm glad this turned out Okay, because I was no, that was okay. That was like your best story, man. That was great. Um, my two favorite stories you've done have been both the ones in the library. I oh, really yeah. liked what the pace dork. of, <laughs> yeah. but the pace yeah, of is. the escape from the library when uh, Pavlov and Kayla were together was really good, and I like the little callbacks. Oh, yeah, thank you. You were doing thank it in reverse, so. I wanted to do a Frankenstein story, but I was like, Ziggurat, I mm-hmm. just did a mummy. I can't. But, no, Ziggurat lended itself much better to the underground city. That made much more sense. 
Frankensteins aren't known for their ziggurat life. Or their political aspirations. <laughs> what if I what if I wrote a uh, a Frankenstein story where he became the mayor? That'd be amazing. <laughs> Too late mayor now. Frankenstein. Unless we get it's like the mayors. <laughs> mayors. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's the fucking mayor up to, everybody? Does Jeff even know? I guess we'll duh, find duh, out. Duh. Who knows? Should um, we take a break? Come back yes. in with our second story. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back, Pete. Yes, <laughs> we'll be right back after these messages. Bye. He did it. He's back. <laughs> Welcome back, people. Uh, we are talking politicians and ziggurats, if we remember to put them in the stories. Loosely. Yes. Same. Same Z's. They're in Same. my story blatant as a motherfucker. I ticked all the boxes. <laughs> yeah, I guess mine are kind of blatant. I don't know. What we should I feel do. like sometimes I have to like be like, this is the part where the politician comes yep. in. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Ring a, we should get a bell, like a podcast yeah. bell. And when it's mentioned, yeah. we hit the bell. We're not doing that. We'd be no, I could edit it in and I don't <laughs> I might actually do that. I gotta go to a Hobby Lobby or Michael's or something soon, so I might get a little bell. Get a little podcast <laughs> bell. Is it for when you're sick and you have to, like, get help with, from your wife? You gotta ring your little bell. Oh, man. Dying! Crystal would love that. That's just... Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't be a cause for divorce. No, no. Everybody loves becoming a servant. It's a favorite. <laughs> Everybody loves waiting on their dying husband. You heard how I read that story. I'm back, baby. You were great. That I was mean, so good. You're going to read better than I did. We're all dying. No. That's right. My God, okay. Rich. <laughs> <laughs> we all start to die the day we're born. Mm, mm. Get busy anyway. <laughs> Get busy dying. That's right. Make funny, go, Josh. Uh, Okay, I'll bring us around, I think. <laughs> yeah, please take our minds <laughs> off the inevitability of death. I'll do my best. <laughs> no promises. All right. My story is titled Manch and the Tower of Zeranos? What the hell does that mean? Is that the title? What the hell does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. This is the title. Metal clanged as Fred and Gunk slammed their drinking steins together so hard frothy mead spilled out onto the wooden table stained from a thousand drinks and God fucking knows what else. <laughs> Probably a whole lot of number three. Aww. Fred slammed back his personally engraved drinking sign that read, Who's your daddy? with a picture of a hot orc with a snake between them cheeks like that suntan lotion girl. <laughs> <laughs> He had won it from a Darno steakhouse that was a limited edition, which made it amongst the top three most valuable and enchanted objects in the entire realm. Beat ya! The beer stein? Yeah, it's magic. <laughs> it's like, that's how you build a universe, guys. Just throw in a magic beer stein and don't ever explain it. I, I am ready to uh, put money up on this project. Yep, yep. <laughs> 
Beat ya, Grunk said as he slammed down his mug. A cheer rose up from the crowd that had gathered around to watch this amazing demonstration of athleticism that was binge drinking until you almost die. Yay! But to his astonishment, Fred had already moved. Uh, yeah, but to his astonishment, Fred had already moved on to a second drink, and was slamming that down. Instead of a mug, he was using an enchanted teapot some wizard had turned alive. <laughs> well, Fred supped from the teapot spout. The teapot was just twerking and booty jiggling, and Gunk was pretty sure that his spout was also his peener. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd roared as the party was reaching Richter-scale levels of epic. Gunk did a spit take as he was now sure that the spout of the teapot was a peen because he didn't think it was me- mead coming out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> More froth for the table. This is disgusting. <laughs> Who wrote this? <laughs> Talk about a lot of head, am I right? Peppercorn said as he dipped in and out of consciousness, having one too many Dixie cups full of elven nipple nectar. Some people say that's a girl's drink, but if that's a girl's drink, consider me Nancy Reagan. <laughs> Fred, the, the girliest girl. Nancy yeah, <laughs> I don't know why it was like two in the morning with a pigtails and a skip and a stick and a hoop. <laughs> with Pippi Longstocking, but... Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's better this way. <laughs> Fred! Duncan yelled over the crowd. He was carrying a new round for the table as he bobbed and weaved through the patrons, trying not to spill a precious drop of malt beer. As he reached his seat, he placed the round on the thick wooden slab. Not to be outdone, outdone Gunk immediately grabbed for another mug and began drinking like a college freshman on the last night of spring break, and he slash she had only seen one whole titty the entire time? <laughs> a waste. A waste. Oh, such a waste. Making up for lost time. <laughs> Fred, Duncan went on. Regale us with the tale of your legendary exploits, my good man. Duncan picked up a drink and clinked it against Fred's mug. I don't know. All my stories are boring. Plus, I'm not really good at stories, you know, like telling them. I'm more like situationally funny, Fred (laughs) said, (laughs) as he looked into his empty mug. (laughs) Uh, Come on, Fred, Chickpea said. You, like, have to tell us a good story so we can, like, listen to it or whatever it is we do on this show. (laughs) (laughs) She's got it. (laughs) <laughs> Gunk slammed down his now empty mug and began to chant story 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 as the rest of the crew joined in and so did the teapot story 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 <laughs> in his little teapot voice was his lid going up and down as he yeah his it? lid was like moving yeah <laughs> The clinks of the lid are too yeah. loud you can't even hear the voice <laughs> it's just moving it's not saying anything uh, uh, alright alright Fred relented but if I'm going to tell you a story. Daddy's gonna need some story juice. <laughs> and with this, Fred held his empty mug up to someone, poured something into it. It didn't even matter anymore. <laughs> this happened about five years ago. As Fred trailed off, the words five years ago were scrolled on the screen as the camera <laughs> panned down to an empty, desolate desert. Heat rippled off the sand, the sands which were white and chalky. Heat also rippled off of Fred's pure cum gutters <laughs> and glistening chest. 
if there was any moisture in that desert. It surely was from your mama, who would have probably said, Boys, don't come home tonight because it's so hot in my nethers that mama's going to have a clam bake down at the seafood panties, if you know what I mean. (laughs) That was literally the worst. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I said last night. Did you ever write something and feel like it was the stupidest thing? That's what that was. <laughs> Fred stumbled along in the sweltering wilderness as days became weeks. He had long since run out of food, and the only water he had left was a tiny droplet of dragon sweat, which works kind of like Lambus bread, but is totally an original idea and not something I stole. Anyway, <laughs> as, Fred lifted, <laughs> as Fred lifted the remaining vial of dragon sweat to his mouth, he found no cooling sensation hit his tongue. Well... That's that, I guess, he said as he plodded along. Holding his hand up to his face to block his eyes from the suns, Fred looked in all directions. There was nothing. Absolutely fuck all, zilcho nothing. (laughs) Sand covered his body. Sand was in his beard and in his eyes. He could feel the grit wearing away at the layer of the moist gelatin that was supposed to keep his eyes fresh and working. (laughs) He coughed and could have sworn he coughed up some sand. Impossible to tell since there was sand everywhere. And he, and he was now pretty sure he was actually going insane from thirst. <laughs> <laughs> After another day and night, which was still really hot because this is a fantasy-ass desert, <laughs> it's hot all the time, and I don't have to follow the rules of real science. That's why I chose fantasy. You can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> After another day and night, Fred was sure he was going to die. He fell forward as his face buried into the hot sand. His brain was dry. For a moment, he thought about drinking the sand. Oh, what he would give to have that be sufficient to quench his thirst. Even though he hated sand, he would drink a gallon of it to endure- and endure its grit just to feel satiated. Hell, he'd drink fire and let it burn his lungs if he could feel not thirsty. His tongue touched the sands. At least he thought it, At least he thought it did, since he could no longer feel it. It was so, so dry. There had to be another word for this amount of dry, he thought to himself. (laughs) Desiccated was good. Perhaps withered? What did it matter? He was going to die out here. He began to close his eyes. Everything grew darker and darker. (laughs) Suddenly, Fred shot up. (laughs) You get sound effects with this one. (laughs) All around him was yelling and screaming and the sound of bone cars and boner cycles just revving like this was a Fast and the Furious 69, a fast Christmas rated (laughs) NC-17. Grab him, boys! A fucking ripped-ass lizard man said as he flung one of those nets out like they do in the Planet of the Apes. (laughs) (laughs) How do you learn how to throw a net like that? Is it from fishing? Fred thought to himself. Pretty sure he was dead at this point. (laughs) And none of this was actually happening. As the net hit him, the weighted ends, which normally wouldn't be no thang for Fred's muscles, were just enough to keep him pinned to the ground. Dust and sand blew everywhere as it seemed a dozen hooting and hollering weirdos were just doing donuts around him. <laughs> they were yee-hawing and shit something fierce. <laughs> Fred peered out of the, one of the net holes and thought this, and through the sand and detritus, he could see a motley crew of all kinds of fucked up weirdos. There were bug men. <laughs> 
ants by the look of him. He saw a lizard man. He saw a guy with a scorpion tail and a scorpion with a guy for a tail, like some kind of Master Blaster-esque mutated desert chimera. <laughs> there was even a poodle man? All right, sure, why not? <laughs> there was even a double-headed lizard man, which was like... Was that a thing that was normal for lizard people? Or was it some kind of genetic thing? Fred thought he better not draw attention to it <laughs> if he were to talk to him. Because maybe, if he were to talk to them, because maybe they'd be sensitive about the whole thing. This is oh, what he's man. thinking about. <laughs> what set of eyes is he going to look into if he has to talk to this exactly. guy? Exactly. Who's, who's to say? Did he accidentally stumble into Burning Man, Fred thought to himself? <laughs> Grab that meat, boys, one of the giant ant men said as he spoke pretty good Darren for not having a mouth, but, like, huge mandibles. <laughs> Yeehaw, the double lizard man said as his other head giggled like an idiot. This is sounding real familiar to where I grew up, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Soon, Fred the Skull Peeler, legendary steak daddy and self-proclaimed rage artisan, was being dragged along in the dirt. Like some kind of helpless, weak mama's baby boy who needed a suckle from his wet nurse's teats. <laughs> Fuck, this sucks, he said. <laughs> Quiet, Kerr, the Ant-Man said as he prodded Fred with a blazing hot brand. It left a burning SD. Heh, that's coincidental, Fred said. <laughs> hey, this wouldn't happen to be Burning Man, would it? But before Fred could finish... A swift boot hit his jaw, knocking him out like a third grader in an MMA fight. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> kid wouldn't last like two seconds. Nah, idiot kid. <laughs> dumb kid. Kids are dumb. <laughs> As Fred awoke, he sat up with a start. All around him was food and wine and water, dancing half-naked hotties and dude hotties just gyrating their flesh meats. Okay, now he was sure he was dead. <laughs> He raised his arms to check to see if he was chained down or strapped in. Was this some kind of torture? No, he was free to move. As, as he did, a sexy cat lady whipped her tail under his nose and held out a thingy of grapes for Fred to eat. What are those things called? Satchel of grapes? Bunch of grapes? If I say bunch, it sounds lazy like I'm not good at describing stuff. <laughs> so has, there has to be a better word for the thing that grapes come on. Fred plucked a grape from the grape thingy and bit into it. <laughs> I'm glad that you went with grape thingy, even after yeah. that deep thought. <laughs> I guess it's bunch, but, like, doesn't that sound weird to you? It's a bunch uh, of grapes. Like a vine of grapes? Is it? Yeah, but bunch of grapes just sounds like you could have grapes in a bowl. Yeah. Mul right? Uh, multiple grapes. <laughs> it's definitely bunch. It's bunch, but that doesn't sound right Yeah, it to sounds me. too informal. It sounds... Like, casu yeah, too casual. Yeah, I don't know. They initially grow in clusters called inflorescences. Oh, wow. Wow, that's even weirder. Inflorescence of grape. I'm going with grape thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fred plucked a grape from his grape thingy and bit into it. As the juice ruptured into his mouth, it was like Orc Jesus jizzed a thousand communions into his soul. He tasted... <laughs> He tasted the sweet and watery liquid and devoured the entire thingy of grapes. <laughs> that was I excellent. I do love a thingy of grapes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go for a thingy of grapes right now. 
He then poured wine and water into two mugs and began double-fisting them like he was over at your mama's house last night double-fisting her grape juice box. <laughs> That's fucked up. That's fucked up, man. I get, I get a clap for that one. <laughs> Oh, Music played. My lungs to laugh. <laughs> I'm burning the sick out of them, dude. Go with it. Music played as he ate until he felt like he was going to die. As he laid back in his seat, the delicate sound of a jingle bell rang out. Quickly, the dancers and waiters all scurried away. The room was empty. I'm glad you enjoyed the meal. A sleek and smooth voice echoed from the back of the cha- behind the chamber. Fred turned to see a red ant man dressed in shiny robes of what looked like spider silk. It was fancy. As he walked, he rubbed his four hands together. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for the save out there, Fred said, letting out a 10 out of 10 burp that won, won any award in any of the more civilized regions of Theranos. Oh, it's no trouble at all, my friend, the ant man said, sidling up behind him. He used one of his four ant arms to grab a single sugar crumb of honey bread off the table and oddly pocketed it. So, uh, what is this place? Fred said, looking up into the high vaulted ceilings of the enormous banquet hall he found himself in. This is Zaranos Tower, and I am Scrabble Dant, the duly elected leader and monarch of the tower. Zaranos Tower, huh? Yeah, it's pretty original, Fred said, laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Scrabble Dant did not laugh with him. I guess that makes you the president, Fred said, doubling down on the joke, hoping to get a laugh this time. (laughs) Ding. (laughs) There it is. Indeed, Scrabble Dant said as he sat in one of the empty chairs at the table, near enough to Fred to speak to him, but far enough away to be kind of and creepy. <laughs> this this place, this place, this tower, Dant went on. It is the culmination of all my people's hard work. You may have noticed the diverse group of being beings here, Dant questioned. Fred thought about the poodle guy. What the <laughs> fuck was up with that guy? <laughs> we aim only to live in harmony with each other and the world, Dant said, as his mandibles awkwardly clanked against the glass of uh, wine that he was drinking. <laughs> well, that sounds lovely, but what brings you here, Scrabble Dant interrupted. Oh, you know, Fred stalled as he was now getting creepy vibes from this giant Ant-Man who could talk and <laughs> and drink out of a wine glass. <laughs> I heard the southern deserts were spectacular this time of year, so here I am, he said as he held out his hands and shrugged. Hmm. At this, Scrabble Dent did chuckle. Well, whatever the reason, I'm sure you could use a rest. Please join us for dinner this evening. Dent clapped his four hands together, and two super buff ant guards marched out, holding spears which looked like they were made from an even bigger insect. <laughs> like maybe a double ant? <laughs> Fred understood the international language of violence and threats and delicately dabbed his beard with a napkin and placed it down on the table. Dinner it is, then, he said, staring at Scrabble Dant in his compound eyes. Don't be late, Dant said, with what Fred could only guess was the ant version of a smirk. (laughs) The two two guards shoved Fred into a dark and dank dungeon. They... (laughs) 
They had ridden a rope lift down a long ways. How big is this place? Fred asked one of the ant guards, only to met with a... (laughs) (laughs) Well, that answers that, he said. (laughs) As he hit the floor of the dungeon, he heard a cackle of unhinged laughter spreading throughout the dark. He was not alone down here, and whoever was unfortunate enough to be stuck down here probably had been down here for a long time. The place smelled of urine and feces, probably from people pissing and pooping their pants because dungeons are spooky. <laughs> but yeah. That was like the funniest joke in my head and nobody laughed. All right, let's continue. Fred pulled himself along the floor and leaned his still aching... <laughs> I'm glad that somebody else had a fucking modest proposal moment. <laughs> yeah, we're on, we, it's been a while. We're at we're not in form right now. <laughs> Fred pulled himself along the floor and leaned his still aching and tired body against the cold stone wall. It actually felt good, except for the whole being in a piss and shit infested prison. <laughs> Slowly, Fred's <laughs> eyes grew accustomed to the darkness, and he began to make out shapes of humanoids in the low light. As he turned, he saw a skeleton chained to the wall. First time, a low voice said from his left. Fred quickly moved to look to see who it was speaking. Right here, the voice said as he leaned into some dim light coming through an air hole in the wall. It was another Ant-Man, but this time a black Ant-Man. What are you in for, Fred Fred said with a laugh. Oh, you know, sedition, inciting revolution against a tyrannical king (laughs) Scrabble's Dant, said the Ant-Man spitting on the floor. I thought he was elected, Fred said sarcastically. <laughs> Man, this place is a cult, dude, said the <laughs> They threw your ass down in here with the rest of us, and what did you do? Almost died in the desert, Fred said. <laughs> Name's Manch, the Ant-Man said, holding out a hand for Fred to shake, only to hear the clang of his chains when he reached too far. Why were you in the desert in the first place? I was looking for a friend. Fred trailed hmm. off. These cultists, man, they're always talking about harmony and all that nonsense, but did you see those crazy bone cars they drive? That is straight up 1950s-style post-apocalyptic <laughs> bike and car gang, dude. <laughs> Plus, I know for a fact they're planning something. Something big, man. Just went on trying not to sound like a conspiracy theorist, <laughs> but he was a talking ant. <laughs> <laughs> they're all conspiracy theorists. <laughs> you know how they are. <laughs> Like what? Fred opened up the conversational door for Manch to continue. Like I said, man, this is a cult. What do cults do? Manch let the question hang. Orgies? I hope you're going to say orgies, Fred smiled. Psh! Manch laughed. You're a funny human guy. (laughs) But no, not unless everyone dies at the end of your orgies. Only on a bad night, Fred said. (laughs) So how do we escape? Well, Manch thought for a tick. I'm pretty sure they're going to eat you. <laughs> yeah, I got that feeling as well, Fred said as he pulled on the, pulled on the chains holding his hands together. We, we've been ready to bust out of here for, for a long time, Manch said in a whisper as he looked around. We? Fred asked. You think I'm the only person in here who tried to escape? All I need from you is a distraction. But, like, they're going to eat me, Fred said, raising an eyebrow and frowning. 
if that works for you as a distraction, sure. I mean, thanks for <laughs> taking one for the team. <laughs> but you look like a smart guy, and I'm sure you think of something, Manch finished. Uh, how will I signal you, Fred asked. Manch slowly slid his bottom hands out of the cuffs and undid the chains and on the wall, quietly placing them against it. I'm going to teach you the ancient technique of pheromone communication. (laughs) (laughs) I can learn this? That's how ants talk. I know, but the idea of a human doing that is very funny. (laughs) (laughs) I can learn this? Fred asked suspiciously. Sure, dog, Manch said as he began to meditate. Follow my lead. The two sat in silence for a bit until Manch spoke again. You know, they probably fed you human meat, right? Cut to! (laughs) (laughs) The two giant... uh, The two red ant guards threw Fred down onto the hard, cold floor of the same banquet hall that Fred had definitely not eaten human meat, or so he was going to leave out of the story if he ever had to tell a group of his friends at a bar after a night of heavy binge drinking. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. His human body thudded as it hit the ground. All around were more groups of beings, most dressed in white robes with dried desert sticks on as crowns. Scrabble Dant sat in a golden throne as a lute-playing half-naked snake lady slithered around and rattled her rattletail in time with the beat of the lute. Ah, President, Fred said, looking up. When's dinner? <laughs> Oh, it has just arrived, Dant said, crossing Uh. his hands. The crowd laughed. Now, my children, Dant shouted, raising his arms. Tonight is the night we ascend. Tonight is the night we break free of our physical bonds and become gods ourselves, Dant shouted. Fred had heard all this before from a thousand cult leaders, and many of them himself... And many of them, he himself had ripped their spines from their bodies in an ironic, in an ironic fashion, of course, since most of them were spineless cowards. <laughs> blah, 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 Fred said. <laughs> God, you're so lame. This whole cult thing, man, like, what is this? The 6970s? <laughs> the crowd fell even more silent as one guy in the back laughed then quieted himself with a cough. <laughs> You would be the fuel that our bodies need to sustain us for the journey, Dant said as he clapped his hands together. Guards dragged Fred up onto his feet and put him on a rack. Now, my children, sup upon this human sweet meat, Scrabble yelled (laughs) and raised his arms to the heavens. Just one question, Fred said. I thought you ants were ruled by a queen and not some psychotic cult of personality baby larva dick. The one guy in the back. Ooh. Oh, shit. You're the guy. I knew it. I knew you'd be him. I'm the guy. You leave mother out of this, Scrabble shouted. Oh, no. He was now enraged and began to throw off his white robe and knock over candlesticks in a full-blown temple temper tantrum. I lead thousands of beings, he continued to shout <laughs> as he got closer to Fred. Thousands of beings of all types. Mother only commands ants, but I lead multitudes. I mean, fuck, we even have a poodle guy. <laughs> Scrabble's pointed to the poodle guy in the back. Uh, I was told there is a vegetarian option uh, that was 
available. Uh, I don't want to eat that guy. <laughs> Poodle guy said quietly from the back. I am the king here, and I am the queen here, and I am the one hive mind here, Scrabble shouted. Yeah, well, Fred looked at him again in his compound eye. Not my president. <laughs> <laughs> and, with, and with that, he concentrated on his newly learned ant pheromone technique and nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What are you doing? Why does it smell like burnt hair and cat treats? Scrabbles <laughs> started <laughs> sniffing around. Oh, oh, gods, no. Suddenly, the walls began to shake. The floor rumbled as if a thousand angry bees had been let loose, and the only thing standing in their way to freedom was the kid from My Girl. And today, <laughs> as fate would have it, and today, as fate would have it, he sure couldn't see without those glasses. <laughs> oh no! He started. He started. <laughs> <laughs> Tapestries fell from the walls. Cult members began to panic. Some made out with each other. Others started <laughs> stuffing food in their pockets like Poodle Guy. <laughs> it was clear Poodle Guy was only here for the hors d'oeuvres. The doors bust open to reveal a crowd of ant men and lizard men and scorpion guys and snake ladies and cat people and you name it. All united in escaping the hell that they had been imprisoned in. All united in this moment with only one goal. To get revenge <laughs> on this death cult tyrant son of a brood bitch. Damn. Manch led the way as he split open an unsuspecting scorpion man in half with a roundhouse kick. Dude's <laughs> kick game was that good. <laughs> a snake lady threw a throwing star and it climbed against Fred's restraints, setting him free. She then devoured a cultist whole. Looks like she's not a vegetarian, Fred said to himself, laughing. <laughs> Scrabbles scrabbled to his throne as if somehow the symbol of its opulence and power were enough to save him. He had imprisoned these people, kidnapped them, and imprisoned them, and now on no throne or amount of gold in the realm was going to save him. Scrabbles held out a small dirk, waving it wildly and clumsily at anyone who would get near him. He hissed in anger. Fred continued to walk towards Scrabbles as he, as he felt a sucker punch to the jaw. It barely registered with him as he turned to see the punch thrower. Poodle man, Fred said, sighing. <laughs> I'm going to pretend you didn't just do that. Go home to your family, man. Yeah, I kind of thought that was a bad idea halfway through. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh-huh. Get going, Fred said, patting him on the head. <laughs> Mansion Fred now closed in on Scrabbles. He hissed and waves his dirk around inexpertly. Nice tiny Dirk, Manch said, laughing. <laughs> nice, Fred said, going for the high five. But he was left hanging because maybe ants don't do that. I don't know. You'd think they would do it all the time with all those hands. <laughs> Which one of you would dare to kill a god, Scrabble said in desperation. I mean, I'm cool with anyone uh, who kid. I'm cool with killing anyone who kidnaps me, or imprisons me, or tortures me, or takes me away from my family and kills my friends, or man, went on for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Fred interjected. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, Scrabbles. You know what they call me back home? What? What is that? Fred Scrabbles said shakily. The Skull Peeler. Mansion. Fred closed in on the cult leader as the giant doors began to close. 
All that was heard was a loud, chittering scream as the light from inside the banquet room dimmed to a fine line and fell silent. Woo! Duncan said, rubbing his temples. (laughs) (laughs) What happened to the peoples of the ziggurat? Gunk asked like a child listening to his favorite story. Manch led them and the peoples of the ziggurat made it an oasis in the desert, Fred said, sipping his mead. So, like, this wasn't a real story. First of all, Chickpea hiccuped in rebuttal. First of all, how did he teach you ancient and pheromone technique in, like, a few hours? I'll show you, Fred said, as he let rip the most epic fart anyone had ever heard. A few people went deaf and some puked. The crowd fell silent. Then one person began a slow clap clap until everyone was cheering and clapping. <laughs> you told that whole story just to end on a fart joke, Chickpea yelled. <laughs> Fred shrugged and slammed the rest of his drink. Not just a fart joke, he said as he gestured to the door. As he did, Manch busted in and let out a similarly loud, squeaky ant fart that lit up the night sky like a firework. A double fart joke, Fred said, as he rose his mug to Manch, who winked before heading over to his friend. The end. I love Manch. There's rules. That's fucking sick. Fred became Fred the Skull Patter when, yeah. when that poodle man was there. Well, when you have your power, you gotta know when to use it, right? It's true. So I've been playing a lot of that grounded game, and I must have killed probably <laughs> six trillion ants in that game. <laughs> I mean, I've killed so many ants that I all I can think about is ants. <laughs> there were a lot of ants in this one. <laughs> so many ants. And lizard men. Yeah. And double lizard men. <laughs> that fucking rolled. It Every was time so you good. introduce a new character, I fall in love with him. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And this had all the favorites in it. It had some of the. It had some of your new guys in it. It had some flamingos. Yep. Had some of your old guys in mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I like the idea of like the story within the story and like, you know, I don't know. And there was a part of me that thought you were going to do the story within a story within a story within a story. <laughs> <laughs> like he tells Scrabble's another story. <laughs> back. Then he kills him. Then he goes back to the bar. Holy shit. <laughs> So was it was it Scrabble, Scrabble's aunt? Scrabble's dant. Dant. D-A-N-T. I thought it was Scrabble dant, like one Scrabble at the beginning. I'll type it for you. Scrabble's dant. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Scrabble's yeah, dant. <laughs> well, he's dead. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it goes down in the hall of, hall of history, though. It goes down in yeah. the time. In the tone. It goes in the tomb <laughs> as I keep typing it. All all characters who die in the, in one of our stories get a little uh little list at the end of the book. Like in memorium. <laughs> there's it's like the Oscars, there's the who we lost this year. In, in, like, the, oh, the that's in excellent. The in memoriam section is like four like four characters from me, six characters from Josh. 87 characters. <laughs> I killed last episode. I think I killed the whole of a planet virtually. Yeah. That's going to take forever. That's we don't. The Oscars got to be less than three hours, Rich. We can't do this. We'll just put up the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Alderaan. That only counts as one. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, man. Awesome. Man, Thank you. New favorite. Sick as fuck. 
<laughs> I can't wait for Manch to return. <laughs> oh, very good. Sweet. Oh, uh, you take another break. Me, oh. You did make me snort. Yeah, guess, I which, heard that. <laughs> which is an accomplishment, but it would be more of an accomplishment if I, my all of my uh, tubes weren't so full of shit. Yeah, it's because yeah. of your tubes. Yeah, I figured. You also got a slow clap. A yeah. slow clap for me. I just I, could, I couldn't laugh anymore at it. <laughs> Was that the uh, the <laughs> your mama's grape juice box or whatever? <laughs> That was oh, yeah. the the my girl joke really fucking good. Oh, the yeah, my yeah. so good. <laughs> <laughs> fucking ten oh. out of ten as always. Well done, buddy. <laughs> uh, so we'll take a break now. Uh, there's two stories that have been told that the authors have told you they're shit. Let's see if we can make it three. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back. Uh, we've Woo. had two of three stories. Uh, we could end here, but we're not going to because <laughs> we're we a three-part story. That would be weird as fuck, It would, it would be Why weird. Why would we do that? <laughs> we could do whatever we want, yeah. really. New format. I don't yeah. want to tell a story. No, I'm going to tell a story. You do. I'm going to tell a story. Um, my story this week for episode 13 is called... <laughs> Death by the sharpest cut. What? Ooh. Like a lightsaber? Mm. <laughs> Funny you should say. <gasps> Tamia Santo swung her yes. legs off the scrub fish and gave the beast's scaly throat a stroke before Ooh. telling her she was such a good girl, patting her on the side and sending her swimming back up to the surface. Tamia surveyed the structure in front of her, a giant metal and stone statue of a cephalopod with rocky tentacles carved into the wall of the reef. She wanted to smugly ask Kajoki if he thought the intel they had sliced out of that Blue Raven chop shop manager was on the level now, but he wouldn't hear her through the rebreather mask she was wearing or the plastic bag she had taped around her wrist to keep the possessed sock from drowning or smelling like a wet sock. <laughs> it's like when you break your arm and you have to wear a garbage bag in the shower. <laughs> or, Fuck that. Or from smelling like a wet sock. Yeah! <laughs> no, true. So, she stored the sass and instead approached the structure, trying to remember what the previously two-armed Blue Raven had told her. She thought of her father briefly. He was a xenotechnologist and would have loved to have seen this, some techno-relic of a forgotten species that had some unbeknownst historical significance, like jinkos or pogs, <laughs> Or, or, or simple human understanding and empathy. 
depressing as shit. <laughs> the only techno relic I recognize is. <laughs> That's the national anthem of her home planet. Yes! Sick. It's canon. She banished the thought quickly. She didn't like to think of her parents much. Ever since they'd been spaced by the Blue Ravens when she was a kid, the act of thinking of them just reminded her of how alone she had been. At least, until Hijoki had bonded with her. She now liked to pretend that her parents weren't gone. They just existed somewhere else. In the precise order she'd been told, she fingered the octopus's statue's rings before chuckling to herself like a schoolgirl. <laughs> Hijoki shook his head from inside his plastic bag at her immaturity. <laughs> has the moral high ground in a plastic bag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As the tentacles opened with the ancient groaning of rusted steel, revealing a small tunnel inside. She swam up it and breached the surface of the water beyond to find a small internal dock and a facility beyond. She felt Hijoki sigh and released him from his plastic prison that some celebrities would definitely pay money to be tied up in. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's autoerotic as fuck. <laughs> you trying to get specific on this podcast? Right? Yeah, what are you saying? This feels vaguely super villainy, Hijoki said. You always say that. You said that about that cute little library we visited on Faustus III. Uh, Tamiya smirked. You mean the library of the endless pain? The one we had to fight our way out with with a date stamper because that slime devil threw the sword out of a window. <laughs> That's Faustian as fuck. <laughs> you worry too much, old man, Tamia smiled, pulling the rebreather away and replacing it with her fox mask as they entered the facility. We have a hor- we have horrible battles all the time. We're due an easy one. <laughs> Approximately ten, <laughs> approximately 10 minutes later, Tamiya swung for the fences, expecting the last security officer's head to come flying off in one. But this guy was an absolute beef duke, with a neck as thick as a Thoughts Instagram account. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and the laser katana <laughs> stuck in his meaty head holder. <laughs> and then the guy just kept coming. As in, he kept advancing. He didn't have an ejaculation problem or anything. <laughs> well, we have to be specific because you did touch on autoerotic asphyxiation Indeed. already. So. Indeed. <laughs> this last one sure is an easy one, huh? What are you going to do now, Hajoki said at the wrist, the, sm- the sock smug at her failing. He'd warned her to be delicate with the blade. It was a tool for finesse, not for bludgeoning. The guy charged and swung at Tamiya, who ducked easily, then kicked him in the back of the knee and drove him to the floor. Maybe I can stuff your stinky mass in his mouth and suffocate him with your cheesiness, Tamiya grinned. That's so gross. (laughs) Beef Duke howled in pain and aimed a headbutt (laughs) at her, which she countered with a knee to the nose. His protuberant proboscis split, (laughs) blue blood spraying across the room. Hey! I asked you a week ago if I smelled, and you said no, Hijoki said, hurt. <laughs> a week ago. <laughs> Beef Duke threw a leg out, Spartan style, and caught Tamiya in the gut, sending her across the room through a set of lab equipment and slamming her against the internal airlock. Actually, if you remember, I said, not any more than usual. Unfortunately, <laughs> your usual scent is odor dog turd and rotten flesh by Kaka Chanel. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Jesus. 
Jesus, yeah. Hey, are we fighting or not? The beef duke said through his already swelling face, <laughs> tired of their bickering. <laughs> well, one of us is. The other is bumbling around like a zombie with the shit, Sir Jokey smiled, <laughs> prompting the man to charge at them. Oh, thanks for that, Tammy got to her feet. Your valuable input is always appreciated, coach. <laughs> As the security officer came close, Hijoki punched the air- airlock control and Tamiya somersaulted over the man, placing a hand on his back to push him into the small room. As he passed the open door, Hijoki pressed the button again, closing the airlock with Beefy inside. The internal pressure rose swiftly and, a so- and soon a very red-faced blue raven was pounding on the window. Hijoki turned to Tamiya. Hey, you ever wonder if these guys have a family? He, want, he said out the side of his mouth. <laughs> nah, people this evil can't possibly have people who love them. Four light years away, a cute seven-year-old clutched a picture of his burly, meat-necked father while he stared at the stars outside his bedroom window. Oh my God. Hey, hey, little fella, you should be asleep, his mother called from the doorway. I know, Mama. I just miss Daddy. You think he'll be back soon? He's due home next week, Pumpkin, the woman said. Now, time to tuck you in. She kissed his head and left him to his dreams and the love of his father. That and- kid's gonna have a bad two weeks. Rich, you're a monster. <laughs> That's fucked. And if they do, then they just shouldn't have started working with murderers, Tamiya finished. I guess it's true. I guess it's true. It's true. Fair I- enough. I guess so. What about the sword? How are we gonna get... Hajoki asked, just as the beef duke's melon burst under the pressure in the airlock, spraying the porthole with chunks of head. <laughs> Rest in peace, Dad. <laughs> Did this kid feel that through the force or something? <laughs> the laser katana deactivated and clattered to the floor. Never mind, Hajoki muttered. <laughs> Editor's note. You might be questioning if this is possible in an underwater airlock, but A, this isn't Earth or even our reality, and B, shut up. Yeah, no, you can, it you know, can happen I, if they depressurize it. I never even thought it. about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it would explode. It would crush in, but whatever. Yeah, it's different. It's different. It's just, Look, it's just that it's alien, different. That alien race has a bomb for a brain. Okay? <laughs> yeah. That responds to pressure. Yeah. After, re- after retrieving the sword and wiping the chunks of neck beef off of it. <laughs> oh, God, that's fucking awful. <laughs> Tamiya and Hajoki ascended the steps into a set of offices that were largely deserted. Hmm. Offices, T- Tamiya thought. Hijoki was right. True supervillain, he lives here. (laughs) I can tell Rich wrote this at Christmas time. (laughs) On one wall, a poster depicted a cat hanging off a branch, whilst another, more evil-looking cat, whipped it from a higher branch. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. The words below it read, Hang in there, capitalists. (laughs) Damn, we need to make that. Oh, my God. Through a door at the end of the room, sounds of processing could be heard, so the pair followed the cacophony into a service ba- onto a service balcony overlooking a factory floor with a pool in the middle of the room. Small, squid-like creatures emerged from the pool with armfuls of rocks and placed them on conveyor belts where others of their kind broke the rocks apart to reveal small, iridescent black pearls that shone with a glow. When the pearls were revealed, they were placed back on the conveyor and sent through orange portals at the end of the line. 
What the hell are they doing? Hijoki whispered and, and as they crouched at the railing, watching his in, this incredibly machine-like production. What are those things? Whatever it is, if the Blue Ravens and the Technomancer are involved, old Pointy here will have something to say about it. Old Pointy? That's a 4,000-year-old ceremonial sword girl. <laughs> old Pointy. It's old. <laughs> So you mean I shouldn't be cutting my toenails with it at night then, Tamiya smiled. Oh, God. Shall we go make calamari out of these fools? I feel that's xenophobic at best, but yeah, sure. (laughs) Tamiya vaulted over the railing and landed into a roll because those superhero landings that they show you on TV would never work and your knees would be fucked after about five landings. That's not, not what Myrtle says. <laughs> or said. Rip. I killed her, right? Two, two segments ago. <laughs> she pulled the sword from its scabbard and ignited it, casting a red glare across her face as if she'd just butchered the Kool-Aid man. Damn. Cool as fuck. <laughs> Taking and culturally it. relevant for her species, whatever that is. Taking a step towards the squid. Her gaze fell to their lower tentacles, which were all manacled together. A long line of chained squid looked up at her in fear, then cowered together in a group, their chains clinking across the floor. Tamiya's mouth opened in horror. They're slave labour, Hajoki. Hundreds of eyes stared up at them, and Tamiya switched the sword off. Ahem. Excuse me, dear lady. (laughs) An oddly formal (laughs) voice spoke from behind her, and as they turned... As they turned, a diminutive squid in a small green waistcoat came wriggling towards them on four tentacles. <laughs> so cute! His beard, such as it was, was also made of small tentacles, and he was slightly more red in colour than the prisoners. I noticed you have disrupted production and wanted to inquire as to whether you were this a crimson fox and sock pair I had heard so very much about on the kelp vine. Have you by any chance just watched the Pale Blue Eye movie? No. You're doing like a perfect Edgar Allan Poe in that movie. Perfect. I I was he. Uh, Tamiya ignited the sword and pointed it at the squid. Are you responsible for this? Responsible is such a complicated explanate Tamiya grabbed the squid around the throat with Hijoki and pushed him against the wall raising the sword (laughs) so close that the subtle smell of frying fish wafted under her nose delicious Hijoki choked and spluttered his mouth full of squid make it less (laughs) complicated (laughs) the squid explained I am the warden of this here hellhole Ludwig, the Squid Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Ludwig? When the Coalition of Ordered Planets, editors know ACAB, even in acronym form, (laughs) came here, President Tippin was interested in the Krakenite's unfertilised offspring. Tammy aside, caviar is delicious. But please don't tell me this is as simple as evil rich people like fish eggs. (laughs) (laughs) No, the exothermic reactions our discarded eggs produce as they break down run harder than a shuttle's drive core. 
or a right wing brain when it's trying to understand pronouns. <laughs> <laughs> The, the COP wanted to use them to power their fancy starships, but because Krakenard eggs are too dangerous to transport in quantity, they let us mine them at, at, at their own pace, buying them from us until they up and decided we were too slow. Then they put your humble servant here in charge of my own peoples to make sure they work fast and for free. We're all prisoners here, Miss Fox. If and I don't help my people work, they'll kill us all. Hmm. Convenient. Hmm. It's convenient. <laughs> You're not the one working, motherfucker. <laughs> convenient for you, Ludwig the Squid Lord. <laughs> Why would you call yourself a Squid Lord if you weren't evil? Yeah. What changed? Hijoki asked as Tamiya let the squid to the ground. Hijoki spluttered and hacked. Oh, tastes like sushi. Ugh. <laughs> Ludwig looked over his I shoulder. Sushi. I do too. But... Hijoki doesn't. <laughs> What do I say? I can't tell. What do I, what do I say then? Where a sturdy-looking security door was locked with high-security locks. A golden glow leaked from the cracks around the door and shone into the room. Our generous benefactors found a better whip to subjugate us. Tamiya pulled the mask down with a purpose and strode to the security door, the katana making short work of the electronic locks and shorter work of the hinges. The stench of burning metal was almost too much. Open sesame, she said, as she stepped back, letting the solid slab of metal fall to the floor with a deafening slam. Golden light flooded out, almost blinding them both. But it was Hajoki's vision that returned first, probably because socks don't have eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and when he spoke, it was with a revelry Tamiya hadn't heard from him before. It's... It's beautiful. Tamiya blinked away spots in her vision until she saw what he had been referring to. A hooded, golden man set next to the wall, plucking hologrammatic strings that seemed to connect to his robotic arms. He played the strings like a harp that produced a beautiful aria, and when he looked up at his saviours, he stopped playing and the strings vanished, as did the portals at the end of the conveyors. Ludwig waddled over to the controls to stop the conveyors dumping explosive eggs all over the floor and killing them. Are you here to kill me finally? The man whispered. Save you, use you to kill a technomancer, maybe make out with you a little bit. Tamiya Tamiya had never seen anyone so beautiful. He was like the angels of Tethin her father had told her stories about when she was a girl. What's your name? Dutz. Dutz Bardley. (gasps) Yep. The creature said as he pushed himself off the floor and joined them. And you? Hijoki rose up between them, eyeing the man like a protective father here to take his daughter to prom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Hijoki, and this is Tamiya Santo. Ludwig came waddling up and placed a slimy tentacle on her arm. Santo? As in Forex Santo? A dagger of ice pierced her heart and sapped all warmth from her. To hear her father's name after all this time. That was my dad's name. He died when I was a kid. No. Ludwig shook his head, his tentacle beard swishing back and forth. He's been forced to work for President Tippin too, just like the rest of us. I remember him coming to this here facility years ago, back when the Coalition of Ordered Planets was still pretending they wanted to work with us. He was here to learn our culture. 
but was taken off the project when the president decided to subjugate us instead. Tamiya's arms shook, and if her jokey hadn't been controlling her other hand, the katana would have clattered to the floor. She wanted to sob, break something, kill someone, laugh, hug her jokey, tear him away from her, fuck, fight, eat a family-sized bag of tortillas, although that one wasn't anything new. <laughs> they, are they the hint of lime ones? Yeah, uh, yeah, they are great. Yeah. 1,000 emotions ran through her head at the same time and her brain threatened to shut down from the pressure. Her father was still alive. After all these years, a captive. As if sensing her pain, the captive Krakenites huddled and comforted one another with soothing, undulating song. Hijoki rose up to her and nuzzled against her neck. What next, kid? Whatever you need to do, I'm with you. Tamia's eyes burned holes in everyone around her before they settled on Ludwig the Squid Lord. Where? Where else, my dear? The white ziggurat, of course. <gasps> ding, ding. Ding, ding. <laughs> After Ludwig... <laughs> We need a bell. After Ludwig had freed his people from their shackles and they had all gathered their things, Doots opened a portal as instructed. The Santo woman had given them all the chance to go and it was clear that what she wanted to do... Oh, shit. Sorry. The Santo woman had given them all the chance to go. It was clear that what she wanted to do to the ruling politicians that had destroyed her and the Sox families. He could see an aura of blood red around her the rage emanating in waves that looked too hot to touch. After a decade in confinement, he knew he should run, find his friends and his wife, Mookie, and try to live free Mm. as long as he could. Mm. But it felt preordained that he should meet these people, and given that Ludwig was going too, he felt he should protect the squid that had kept him fed, watered and stimulated with conversations for all these years in solitary confinement. The portal opened in the ziggurat itself, the seat of power for the coalition of ordered planets. The four of them stepped through into a sub-basement, the most likely area to find Santo's missing father, and the squid lord brought a scanning device out of his belt. Handy guy to have around, the sock puppet gestured to Doots. Could have used him back in that swamp with those handy bog monsters. (laughs) Hmm, Tamiya grunted. Despite the woman's efforts to rebuff him, the sock had tried to start a conversation with her on four occasions now. It was clear to Doots all she wanted to do was kill. As if he'd read Doots' mind, the sock turned to him. She's uh, she's normally more fun than this. You've caught her on a trying day. <laughs> Odd. Ludwig rubbed a beard tentacle with one of his other beard tentacles. <laughs> what the hell? I'm not reading anyone from your race in this part of the facility. They must be keeping him prisoner somewhere else. No, Tamiya almost growled. Widen the search. This building. A sudden ping came from the scanner, followed by a confused look from Ludwig. He's in the residential quarter. (gasps) Doots pulled the harmonic strings from the electronic pads of his robotic fingers and gestured with a questioning, raised eyebrow. Play on, Tamiya said, without even a hint of happiness. The room was dark, and why shouldn't it be? They emerged in the early hours of the morning in a comfy suite, the soft sounds of sleeping breath in the air. Tamia strode to the bed and grabbed the man by the shoulders, ignoring what she assumed were words of warning from Hijoki. Forex Santo opened his eyes slowly and studied the face in front of him in, in something, before he realised who she was. 
Then tears and a smile came to his face, and as quickly as they appeared, she was enveloped in his arms, and both of them were sobbing. As his chin rested on her shoulders, she felt him tense up and then suddenly say, You brought friends? Her father dressed quickly as he explained how he, his wife and Tamia had stowed away on a photonic blade clan ship looking to get as far away from the COP as possible when their transport had been attacked. He had feared them dead, so threw himself into his work, later forced into work by the coalition and their president, Gilly Tippin. At the, prevent- at the completion of his tale, Forex looked confused as the others seemed to be prepping for confrontation, not extrication. Tamia held the hilt of her blade and was checking the connections, while Ludwig pulled a smaller armoured waistcoat over his regular one. (laughs) (laughs) He's really handy. I love Ludwig. (laughs) Aren't we leaving? Nope. Tamia felt Hijoki tense as he realised what she was thinking, but she thought to him to stay quiet. We need to finish tipping, then the rest of this quorum. Cut off the head and the snake briefly dies before being replaced by a scalier snake. They all need to go. She gave Ludwig a nod. But we can get away. It's not that important, Forex spluttered. Forex seemed edgy as Ludwig gave him a small pellet. Put it in your breast pocket, and when the time comes, slap it. It'll transport you away lickety split should our altercating get too rambunctious for you. <laughs> this dude is fucking great. Forex, Forex obliged. And when Dutes opened the portal to the quorum chambers, they stepped through. Initially, the room was quiet, but almost immediately lights came on to reveal just what she expected. An amphitheatre set of seats, where a hundred or so alien species seemed to almost instantly come to life, shouting and disagreeing loudly. Where did they all come from? Hijoki whispered, but she didn't answer. Instead, she pushed through the crowd that didn't seem to even register her existence to the central floor below. The rest followed, and Tamiya ignited the katana and stuck it in the ground to prise a floor panel loose. Underneath, a sprawl of wires lay tangled. Want to stop this, or are you going to make me do this, she announced as if to no one, hoping that she was wrong, but knowing she wasn't. When no one came forward, she plunged the sword into the wires, emitting a little sob that only Hijoki could hear. The room went dark, but for the luminescence provided by Dutes and the blade, Every single screaming politician vanished, the room suddenly silent. How did you know? Forex asked, disappointment in his voice. (laughs) Tamiya pulled the sword from the floor and held it menacingly, tears streaming freely now. We found a slave in a suite in the highest office in the known (laughs) universe. When you looked at me, when you woke up, it was disappointment in your eyes that I was there, not surprise. And lastly, when you recounted how you got to be here, you didn't say anything about looking for us. You didn't come looking for your wife and child. Didn't yep. didn't we matter at all to you? Did you just assume we were dead, Technomancer? Oh. What? Well, well, this is awkward, her father straightened. <laughs> and it seemed as if the burden of a lie lifting off his shoulders had made him grow two feet in height. I didn't assume anything. I just learned it didn't matter. Once I found him, he pointed to Dutes. You are but one Tamiya in a sea of available options. Why cry about one? The clan of the Photonic Blade, the Krakenites, the Blue Ravens, the Coalition of Ordered Planets, that planet of cats that think they're little people and they dress up in little suits. (laughs) I want to go there. I want to go to there. 
<laughs> they're, they're all part of the same system. Oppression as status quo. Hatred as a bottom line. Control masquerading as uniqueness. The patterns re-emerge every year on every world. We have fallen into entropy. A slow death as we circle the drain of existence all slouching towards the inevitable cellular death of the biological and the heat death of the universe. Uneven players on an uneven playing field. <laughs> but not anything anyone can stop, Ludwig raised an eyebrow, clearly impressed by the man's level of insanity. <laughs> not true. When I found Dutes here, President Tippin saw an opportunity for change and I saw something else. An opportunity for something better. A hundred doors opening to a hundred different possibilities. So I killed them all and set up this elaborate but very expensive intricate hoax. Somewhere <laughs> in the infinite cosmos, they must have it right. Equality for all. A universe where I have a loving, non-psychopathic daughter and you a loving, caring father. Hijoki gasped. You're no technomancer. You're a crazy man, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I can see how it would seem that way assuming a leader is on the top of a hill by nothing but privilege or fortune but sometimes the person atop that hill is just the top predator and that hill is a mound of corpses damn I don't like it but I abuse the system I despise in order to topple it Forex smiled and drew a device from his pocket enough now Dutes, you'll open a portal or I will destroy Ludwig's world. Dutes shook his head. You wouldn't, but already he had plucked the strings from his hands, knowing that Forex was serious. You'll step through, Dutes. I will follow and we will leave these numbers in the margin to lick their wounds, Forex said. What? It was almost too much to bear, like when Hajoki had killed his daughter to save them, or that time she'd said, you too, to that waiter that served her at dinner. <laughs> Shit. We've all done that. <laughs> I feel called the fuck out. Her own father, her flesh and blood, saw her as nothing but a version of the perfect daughter he'd somehow be able to replace. She wondered when he'd written her off in his head. Had she spelled something wrong? Had it been some juvenile tantrum? Some tear she had shed? She picked up the katana and threw it at the portal without thinking, and as the energy partially crossed the threshold, it cracked and fizzed, then splintered the portal like a broken mirror. Through the portal, she could see at least a hundred fragments, a hundred worlds, infinite possibilities right there. Forex screamed in fury, clenching his fists until his knuckles whitened, before regaining his composure in true supervillain style. (laughs) <laughs> he held the device in his hand intending to detonate it until Ludwig reached into his armoured waistcoat and threw a small inky blue bead at Forex's chest the, the resulting reaction of the Krakenite egg with the one he had sneakily given him earlier created an explosion that ripped through Forex's chest he crumpled Ooh. clutching at his damaged body then fell through the portal no! Tamia shouted after him and took a step to follow into whatever craziness they could find. Wait, said the squid lord, rubbing his four tentacles together, much like in Josh's story where the ant rubbed his four hands together. (laughs) I would very much like to help kill that SLB. (laughs) Dutes, Hijoki asked, but Dutes shook his head. I think you'll find another me wherever you end up. I've got some cleaning up to do and a wife to see again. You ready? Tamiya asked the pair 
and at their nods they held hands and jumped through together. Tammy awoke to the sound of gunfire and a man tripping over her to fall in the mud next to Ludwig. She was lying in a bog. Get up, you miserable sack of... came a gruff voice. A stocky cowboy looked down at her. His, his robotic hand holded a laser pistol. Well, well, Lionel. Looks like someone else is after that power core. A calamitous stirring of the undergrowth was heard and two flying, cybernetic men crashed into the clearing. Tamia was to her feet in an instant, something instinctive telling her to attack and slice the head clean off one of the things. The cowboy emptied a clip into the other until its buzzing and movement stopped. When the dust had settled, the cowboy offered a hand as Lionel, a thin, reedy young man who looked like he might pass out at any instant, helped, <laughs> helped Ludwig to his feet. Well, tentacles. <laughs> Grissom Graves. This here's Lionel, he growled. Yeah. Tamia Santo. This is Ludwig Squidlord, and this is my master, the Photonic Clan Chief, Hijoki. She held up Hijoki, who bowed. <laughs> Lionel... I swear, if you poisoned again with, with poisoned me again with these burriti things again, the cowboy spun around to the younger man. <laughs> Grissom, it's burritos, and I didn't poison you. I told you you need to peel the tinfoil off first. Oh. <laughs> Lionel protested. Above them, in the atmosphere, coming from nowhere as if it had crashed into existence with a popping of air, a large spaceship appeared. It looked like nothing any of them had ever seen. Well, that's about right for today, Grissom said, as he took another <laughs> shot at the Beetleman's corpse for good measure. <laughs> Forex Santo crawled to the figure in the darkness, grabbing its heavy boot. Help me, he whispered, barely able to stay conscious. The figure lifted him off the ground and brought him up to stare at him. Forex saw a terrifying hooded robot with chainmail clinking against ram horns. Another one. What value do you have, humanoid? It spoke in electronic fizzing. I, I'm the technomancer, Forex quivered in fear. <laughs> My friend, we are all technomancers here. A voice came from behind, and as Forex turned, he saw a monstrosity. A half-human, half-robotic nightmare that laughed in sounds he had never heard. In Timmy Blackcrest. In Eden. Now, let's figure out what use you are. The end. Damn, it's like oh Thanos, but there's 20 Thanoses. There's like, there's three Technomancers now? <laughs> this is getting out of hand. This is getting out of hand. Now there's three of them. <laughs> now there's three of them. Dude. Fucking so good. Crazy. You said your story sucked. Fuck you. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> well, it, so did you, Jeff, and it was amazing, so I don't want to hear my it. My story was <laughs> doo-doo compared to that one. Your fucking opinion is doo-doo. Your story rolled. Damn. <laughs> I'll kill fucking... anyone who says that. <laughs> also, like, man, I really love the name Krakenites. That is Krakenites. so, so cool. cool. <laughs> They're little Krakens. Uh, little babies. That was uh, uh, one for Squid Lu Ludwig, who is Squid a Ludwig. Uh, top uh, patron. <laughs> So nice. I, I was I somehow did not put one and one together. That I never the do. Squid Lord was Squid Luke. <laughs> I never do. I never do. I'm a fool. Um, <laughs> a yeah. So fool. the next one will be the sort of midpoint in the story. So yeah. Midpoint. God damn. Well, yeah. We're episode thirteen, right? So we're yeah. You know. 
we're kind of it'll it'll, it'll yeah i've got some what's blacks. 52 divided 26 mm-hmm. <laughs> i got it so you got there everybody you don't need to be a technomancer to figure <laughs> out that math does technomancer have an onboard calculator app no i mean <laughs> you mean a brain <laughs> <laughs> he's a robot. He's, he's got to have apps robot. instead of brains, right? That's what uh, I like. You know how many times I like open up a calculator on the computer just to do like a simple yep. fucking multiplication. You know what fucking happens to me constantly is I'm like, what is that? Like, what is whatever times whatever? And as yeah. it's, the app is opening, I'm like, oh, yep. it's 37. Oh, yeah. I got it. Or like, yeah. oh, it's 84. Like it just yeah. fucking yep. pops into my head. Or, or you do that thing where you then you thought of it subconsciously, so you type the answer into the calculator, and you're like, yep. what the fuck? What have I done yep. that? <laughs> <What>? Yep. <laughs> Dude, one yep. plus one. Rich, We're that story old. ruled. Cool. It was great. I guess my question to you, uh, new writer to writer, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess I've written my whole life, but, like, mm-hmm. new uh, sh- letting other people hear what the fuck I'm writing writer mm-hmm. to writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you juggle so many goddamn characters so well? I've got a little book that I keep by me. Uh, not at all times. I'm not a psychopath, well, but I, mean, I keep it on my desk. In the presentation of the characters more than just keeping track of who's who. I don't really know. It, it doesn't feel... He thinks about it. He it thinks about feel... it and he plays it in his head. That's what I do. Yeah. Uh, that's what I do, too. Like, I always come up with the almost the entire story in my head before I write yeah. it down. Mm-hmm. It's like I visit it. Like, I vi- like if I, you know, it's like daydreaming. Like, you want to yeah. visit another yeah. place, yeah, so yeah, you yeah, just yeah. sit there and you think about it. Well, yeah. I mean, you attentive listeners may notice that none of my stories have had more than, like, five characters in them. Because mm-hmm. uh, once I get to that point, I'm like, how do I present this story in a way that isn't just cluster-fucked with characters? Well... You'll notice that George R. R. Martin and Rich are British. Oh, I see. They, they have to learn a lot about all the multitude of monarchs and evil kings they've had. <laughs> <laughs> so they got to keep a lot of that shit in, in their brain. We don't have evil kings. We only have evil presidents. We don't, we don't have evil presidents. We have freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How's that working out for you? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Don't look at Super. Don't look at the. Don't notes. look at it too hard. Don't look over here. We're across the water. Get out of here. Don't look at our room. The whole of America turns to one side slightly and lifts its arms, so you can't see. Don't look. Don't look. <laughs> don't look at the middle or south part. I guess kind of what I start to do is I start with a facet, right? So when I'm when I'm doing a character, when I'm working with a character. I start with a facet. So, what would be good? Is it, uh, you know, is someone, sl- you know, I pick a, I pick a very extreme emotion, right? And then I work backwards from there. And then I'm like, does do these? So, like, I had a few characters planned, and then I was like, which characters are going to go together? So, obviously, Lionel and Grissom go together because one's a weakling and one's a really macho man. So that really Love works. Sense of track. Um, and then DJ Scat Cat said, yeah, that. and Hij- <laughs> Opposites do attract. They do. But this is not the first time in the last two weeks we've talked about DJ Scat Cat. Second time. Um, MC Scat Cat is eternal, okay? (laughs) Oh, sorry, MC. MC. He got promoted from his DJ days to MC. And then Hijoki and Hijoki's all about control, and Tamiya's about wild freedom, and then like Mookie's about 
predetermination and Dutes is about like free choice. So they just tend to go together and then I just play off that. And then it's a lot easier to write if I write opposites together. Yeah, it helps. Because that's where you get the most drama, right? Yeah, absolutely. Or you just make everyone more and more insane until you start to question your sanity. <laughs> that that's also what works. I do. There's a little of that in Flinch. I Does think. it? Yeah. <laughs> but you've you've got a really competent person and an ignoramus. So they really go well together. <laughs> oh, Jeff. Oh, I, I think I had a competent person. Are you talking person. about me and Josh? Like, who's who? <laughs> yeah, are you talking about us? <laughs> but you've got Kayla and Pavlov. It's yeah. true. They're both uh, working for the same cause, but one is absolutely incompetent and rude, and one is like really competent and str- not—I wouldn't say straight-laced, but just like really ass- self-assured. That's sort of like the problem I came into because I had planned as soon as we got these prompts that I was going to do a Kayla story, mm-hmm. and yeah. then I got sick and I put it off, and then it's like Saturday. Yeah, and we're recording yeah. on Tuesday, and I'm like, okay, I gotta like figure something mm-hmm. out here, and then I realized like I I put all my my like coins on on like red here, yeah, like because like <laughs> Kayla's not a funny character on her own, mm-hmm. right, no. right, and uh, I have this story that's very sort of like lore heavy, if you if you know the lore, I guess. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just look at this shit. But. You guys don't ever have to tell. You don't have to try to be funny. You always are. Sometimes, I think you, sometimes I'm not. Josh. I think you get in your head about it, and I I disagree. I always. I'm am more laughing. situationally funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, proof is in the pudding. There. That's right. <laughs> I worry that sometimes I've done too many of those jokes where you're like. This is this, like a thing that is like this. Those sorts no, of. No, there's never. I don't too think many. there's ever gonna be enough. There's jokes. never too many. I don't ever get tired of that shit. So, and I'm like really cool. So, <laughs> really, at the end of the day, the only people I'm trying to uh, make laugh yeah. and impress are you yeah, guys. Exactly. Any, yeah. Anyone else is a bonus, right? Yes, absolutely. Because we w- we would have probably done this like if we hadn't have made. Mm, no, I'm not going to say that online. On online, you 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 uh, give us money, people. <laughs> What a save! What a fucking save! What was he gonna say? <laughs> it's a mystery. I'm very curious now. I can't. I can't imagine where that was going. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a secret for another time. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't give us money, people. Wait. And learn the secret that Rich was gonna say. <laughs> That's a hook. We need to do yep. that more often. Yeah. Mm. No, but Tile Rich. one nine hundred. What was Rich gonna say? <laughs> Twelve dollars per minute search. Damn, so cheap. Be stupid not to call. It's a it's value. Mm. It's value. No, Rich, that story was ten out of ten. Yeah, like man. always. Thank you. I've got uh, uh, next one is uh, heading back to proper moot, Dookie and Moots. Dookie and Moots? Dookie! Mookie and Moots! Dookie and Moots! (laughs) (laughs) This is how I keep all the characters right in my head. I I love Dookie and Moots. That's what I should have done. I should have done an alternate universe version of them where they've slightly switched names to be funny. That would have been great. 
You can still do it. I'll forget that that's this conversation never get, happened. That's what happens when you get married in space. Mm-hmm. You just you don't have last names, so you just you combine switch. your first names. Mm-hmm. That's why I've dated so many people with the same initials as me. <laughs> Easier to keep straight. <laughs> Although if I were to get married now, it would be Mosh. That's pretty cool. Mm. That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> uh, I would like. I would be Cref. <laughs> Not great. Cref mm. <laughs> sounds fucking Star Wars as fuck, dude. Rimrin <laughs> is not a name. Rimrim? Uh, Rimrin. Because Rachel is Rachel Nightingale. Um, she, so, true I think story. You've misunderstood yeah, you, the, the way you, this works. How does it work? Your name would be Riri. Riri, like Rihanna. Why is it Riri? It's your first names are combined. Yeah. Like so it's Riri and Moots. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, okay. All right, that's how it works. Poor work. Rich. Yeah, I didn't Poor, get it. Poor, dumb, idiot <laughs> Rich. <laughs> and his stupid brain, that sucks. <laughs> and yet he made a masterpiece that we all loved. Just goes to show you. <laughs> That's where I devote all my energy, not to regular street smarts. <laughs> not to talking to humans. That's um, stupid. So Rachel didn't take my uh, surname because us. Well, also Nightingale is a is. It's like, amazing. A much yeah, Nightingale name. is a dope ass. Last dope name. That's, I want my last name to be that. Can you adopt me? Uh, I, I think legally I already have, right? I've done it on the on, on Twitter. I said I'd adopt you because you've got the same birthday That's, as Evan, so it'd keep things nice yeah. and clean, right? <laughs> Since Elon Musk bought Twitter, it's legally binding uh-huh, now. Uh-huh. But That's how it works. Rich and, well, Richard and Rachel are way too similar. So if we had have had the same surname, it would have been slightly weird. I guess you that's think? true. Yeah. Like you come off as siblings is what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Um, I would have taken her last name. I'd have been like, yeah. "That's mine now." Yeah, I can't do that. Why not? It's because I like my name too. Masters yeah, is a really name great name. Masters. Damn, I that what? Talk about like fucking a plethora of, of a good problem. <laughs> we we talk my to- last name is Henderson. You know what mm. people think of? They think of fucking Bigfoot when they think of me. <laughs> You know what people think of when they hear the name Pennington? Nothing. <laughs> Jack Nothing. shit. Jack. <laughs> it's just a black spot in my brain. I don't even remember half the time what it's his just last a, name it's is. It's just a name. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I'm an American, honey. Our names don't mean anything. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, okay. Three great stories this week, even though we all shit on our own work. Yeah, is, that's normal. True. That's our superpower, right? Okay. So on that note, we close the cover on this week's compilations. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Uh, some housekeeping. Uh, Josh, can you wheel that prompt bot, please? That's the sound of wheeling it? It's got, it's got really weird wheels. <laughs> His beeping overrides the wheels. They're oiled. Okay. I oil them. Okay, okay. Josh is on it today, man. <laughs> Oiling the I oiled them before every episode. Well, I didn't know if you were coming back, so I had to do something. <laughs> You're just oiling the hinges on my casket is what you should have been doing. <laughs> I'm getting ready, man. Come on, come, <laughs> casket bot. <laughs> I'm just making sure there's... There's casket bot sound. Excellent. 
and be like, uh, go ahead and crawl in my casket, shut the door. <laughs> Make sure there's enough room in there for me. <laughs> You're getting buried like note, a cat with me. On that yeah. note, we close the lid on Jeff's coffin. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, like the the witch closing the hatch door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Our first prompt is shields. Oh, it's easy for one of us. <laughs> from Will, the eye that never sleeps, Holmes. Nice. It's easy for two of us. There's space shields, too. Oh, that's true. <laughs> then, the next one. Uh, oh. <laughs> Curses by oh. Witch Knight, Technomancer's Apprentice, Ren. Damn. Which night? Those are good. Those All right, good that ones. one's easy for me. So shields and curses. curses. Yeah, that's quite good. That's oh, that's, that's. I think. Good. Yeah, I think. Uh, Witch Knight Wren has changed their name to uh, Long Lost Candle Cousin Wren, <laughs> on Discord, <laughs> which makes me so happy. <laughs> okay, so your new thing is not Technomancer's Apprentice. I'm going to change it. It's going to be. Witch Knight, Candle Cousin, Ren. <laughs> there we go. Candle Cousin, Ren. If you're, you're not the, the third one that, I'm cousin. sorry for ruining that for you. Oh, yeah, sorry. Well, we should probably should have checked, but who gives a shit, right? Um, wow. Wow. I mean, wow, I, I agree with Jeff on that one, I guess. <laughs> we should have checked good. it. But, you know, we've, we've all got lives here, guys. Um, <laughs> Speak for yourself, right? <laughs> we've all got... The crumbs of life that we're holding on to. Yeah, I'm just grasping at anything I can get mm-hmm, at this point. Mm-hmm. Yes. Guys. Is there good news from the outside, <laughs> sir? What news from the front? What news from the front? Has the Kaiser pledged to Patreon? <laughs> Speaking of, we now have Same a Patreon. Uh, I mean, we've had a Patreon for a while, so I should probably change my intro to this note. We've got a Patreon, uh, which you can find at patreon.com, bros before pros. That's bros, letter B, no, yeah, letter B, number four. I got confused between what you numbers the letters know. were. <laughs> Um, so if you like what we do and what you hear and want to support us, go over uh, there and, you know, pledge what you can um, yep. to, to give us food. We're so hungry. Please, sir. So I've only ramen I do, today. I do actually buy food and pay rent and pay bills out of this. So yes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, me too. Yeah. This goes uh, towards our electricity bill at the moment because gas and electricity prices are so high in the UK, I want to die. You know what would help your situation? Putting on the Using chimneys. one of your several fucking fireplaces. <laughs> Doesn't work. And I- go out in the fucking Sherwood Forest or whatever the fuck and cut yeah. down some goddamn trees. You just got told American style. We didn't yeah. bother with the geography. We didn't bother we with the We have a whole country full of fucking useless trees that nobody's touching. Uh, Witch Knight Ren's name on the Discord is Long Lost Candle Cousin. Which genuinely makes me so happy that somebody likes the Candle Cousins that much. They were great. <laughs> um, so good. Big thanks, as always, to our good friend Vidizen for the use of his music, especially created for our theme tune. Um, you can follow him on... Uh, uh, no, you can follow him by going to vidizen.card2rs.co. 
um, and find out about all his recent work, uh, his inside leg measurement, uh, what, what he likes. Inseam? Does he like long walks on the beach? Find out at vidizen.card.co. Yeah, Vidizen makes dope music. He's in a bunch of different like music acts with other people, including like a full band yep. uh, called Sonder. However, not only is he dope in that type of way, but he's also now creating art and music for a video uh, indie video game stu- uh, startup studio called Soul Engine Studios. Wow, nice. I didn't know that. So check that shit out. He's a very One talented he- guy. He was talking to me, and I was high, and I got lost in his eyes. He's uh, a very handsome dude. Yeah, he is uh, yeah. way too handsome to be that goddamn talented, is all I'm saying. But also- yeah, it's like God was like, here, you get to win the fucking lottery. And then, <laughs> then I'm here, and I'm like, just, I need something, so hold on. <laughs> He's also just, like, top-notch nice guy. Yes, like genuinely nice. lovely. Like yeah, always checks in nice. how I am and stuff like that. Like, oh, yeah. we haven't spoken for a couple Unlike of weeks. Of how are friends. you, dude? <laughs> uh, I feel like that was directed at moi. <laughs> no. no. Yes, no. no. <laughs> um. Yeah. Rich, you're the host. <laughs> are, we, are we done? Josh, where can people find out about you? Just go watch Continue or whatever on YouTube. <laughs> and Jeff will do the other one I do. You go ahead, Jeff. Jeff. What do they worried about you? <laughs> this the production values seem to have dropped at the end of this podcast. We tired. You know how like you know how like you're supposed to come back from the new year like, oh ready to go. No, like that's absolutely not. not. <laughs> no. Uh uh, Josh and I do a podcast called M Class Podcast. You should go Woo! listen to it. I'm not on it right now, but you should still go listen to it. <laughs> Woo! Uh, you can find all information about that at mclasspodcast.com. Uh, I'm suddenly reminded that I need to put the new collection up. I'll mm-hmm. do it eventually. Um, what is it? Do we know? It's the I'm new special. Announcing it on oh. Pros Before Pros. <laughs> Yeah, that would be. That wouldn't be good. Yeah, that'd be terrible. We do know though. We know because I just made it this time. That's right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I knew that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You can find my artwork and all of the links associated with me at jeffpennington.art. A R T. That's that'll link to uh, a links section from the front page, which has everything I'm fucking doing on it. So check it out. Everything. Oh my god. Go to your local library and look up Jeff Pennington. I'll be there. Books. Check him out. He'll be at the bottom of a deep pit where there's a ziggurat. Yeah. Jeff, you okay down there? (laughs) I'm trapped under rubble. He's fine. Ah, he's fine. He's fine. (laughs) This happens. Uh, You can find out about me. Uh, at Masters Rich on Twitter. I do two other podcasts. One's called Toon Hounds. You can find out about that at Toon Hounds on Twitter. It's a uh, cartoon podcast I do with my friend Spiffsy where he subjects me to the worst cartoons you've ever heard of in your life. You've he never made me heard watch. Or never heard of you've them. You've never yeah. heard of them. <laughs> he yeah. made me watch Yellow Submarine this week. I fucking hate Yellow Submarine with a Nobody burning likes passionate Yellow vengeance. Uh, here's, here's a fun fact. I'm a, I like the Beatles a lot. I'm a mm-hmm. low-level yeah. Beatles fan. Yellow mm-hmm. Submarine sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but Albums, we also yeah. pretty good album, bad movie. <laughs> 
We also did a, an Italian Fantasia parody, which was uh, really good. Um, God, La Fantasia! <laughs> <laughs> exactly that, exactly that. Uh, and my other podcast is Tapons Theatre on Subspace. Um, you can find out all details about that at ttos.call. There's a new episode that came out this week. It's really good. Go listen to it. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, if you want to find out about this podcast, where we're at, what type of links we got going on, how you mm-hmm. can become uh, a patron without having to type in any unwieldy Patreon addresses, <laughs> I know how crazy. you feel about that, Elon Musk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then uh, you yeah, can just shit. head to brosbeforepros.card.co. Card has two R's in it, just like the Vidison one. Mm-hmm. I'm too I'm too cheap to buy the dot com for that one. No no no, we're not doing that. We don't need a website. We don't we need do a have website. <laughs> we don't need it, but we do have one. We don't, yeah, we don't need a dot com. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um if you, the listener, wanna be part of this show in a really weird way where you suggest you write words on the internet and you suggest them and sometimes we pick them by a completely random means, you need to be a Patreon to do that. You need to give us money. I'm afraid we're not accepting freebies on this. No one rides this train for free. That's right. Look, this train to hell. <laughs> Look, that metallic thing pressing into your lower back right now. Don't worry about it. Give us your money. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a candy bar, or is it? Give us your money, put it all in the sack, and then we'll let you suggest us words. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them, yeah. shy Ronnie. <laughs> Please use your word. (laughs) Um, We're probably due to do another redesign by committee, which is the other podcast we do on the side of this one as a sort of like bonus for our patrons. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll do that when Jeff's not, when Jeff's feeling a bit better. Yeah, it's um, nappy time for your yeah. old pal. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Uh, I've heard a few mute Jeffs uh, so that he can cough. So, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to leave it there it. for him. Um, I'm in denial. Jeff wasn't sick. He's fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, it's. I'm not going to say whether I'm good or bad. Because no. last time I said I was good, I got bad. Mm-hmm. So, we'll like see. Michael Jackson bad? <laughs> If he dies, we'll let you know via Twitter. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. <laughs> um, if I could change, if he could change, we could all change. Oh, baby, we could all change. As always, it's been a pleasure doing these stories for you, and we'll see you in two weeks. We love you all. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Smoochums. Love you. Love <laughs> you.